Congratulations, you made it to the exfil. You can relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host, Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our primary goal is to get better at the game, so we hope you come along with us and do it too. This week, we have a returning guest for the first time, the two-time, some might say. But before we get to that, and those of you on YouTube, you see him right now. Don't give it away somehow. Well, let's get our hideout keeping out of the way, and then we'll get right into it. So first, as always, the absolute best way you can support us is to share the podcast with a friend. Whether they're new to the game, whether they're thinking about getting Tarkov, let them know there's a spot where they're welcome. There's a community to support them getting better, but also just something they can listen to on their drive to work or on their breaks or while you're working too, whatever. But second to that, give us a review comment on the YouTube, listen on the YouTube, rate us if you can rate us on your podcast app. All of that stuff goes a very, very long way. And we haven't plugged it in a while, but we also do have a Patreon. So if you did want to support the podcast directly, that is available as well. But outside of that, you can find me a couple days a week on Twitch. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at MTB Trigger. But yeah, Ronald, let these fine people know how you're doing and where they can find you, man. Hey, what's up, everybody? The best way to get in touch with me is always in Discord. You can send me a DM there. We love talking to everybody in the Xville community. You can also follow me on the Twitters at Ronald Gaming. And of course, you can follow the show on Twitter at Xville Podcast. Outside of the show, if you have something more formal or something that just doesn't quite fit into Discord, you can email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. Just a reminder to check out our website. It's up and going with some new blog entries at www.xpmedianow.com. Look for game topics and tech topics and all kinds of other general industry news. And basically, if we think it's interesting, we might write an article about it and you might think it's cool too. But besides that, tonight on the show, like Trigger said, we're welcoming back our first repeat guest all the way from Canada, our favorite bud from the North, Mr. Geek Say. Welcome back to the Exfil, sir. How are you? What's up, guys? How are you guys doing? We're doing great, man. And just like Ronald said, if you didn't catch that episode, episode 11 is where we kind of interviewed Geek. We talked about the content he's putting out. We talked about gaming and background and all that stuff. So if for some reason you're hearing this one first, I highly, highly recommend you go back to episode 11 because we're going to jump straight into Tarkov this week. And with that, man, how was your week in Tarkov, guys? Geek, let's start with you, man. What'd you do this week? You know what? I've just been jamming on on some guns. You know, I started a little bit of a hardcore mode run through uh, just because it's been a little bit long. We're at, I think, 200 days since the last wipe. And I think the record right now is 205 days. And that was the last wipe. So it's it's getting pretty like, ah, what to do? But you know what? I, I started hardcore and it's really tough now with hardcore because you have uh after raid healing you have to deal with it's really rough 
So right now it's a little bit of hardcore, but in all honesty, I've been just having so much fun uh, killing some butter boys, you know, like there's been so many of them running around. Unfortunately, Shoreline's dead. That's my map. I love Shoreline. And the time I play is uh, the morning time. I I stream at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard time I start. So Shoreline's pretty dead around then. So I've been going with Interchange, Reserve, and if I feel like it customs, but most of the time just Interchange and uh, Reserve. Those are my go-tos then. And just, you know what? Getting a lot of teams and and really doing well. I want to say I'm trying new guns and whatnot, but actually the M1A has been a gun that I haven't used much and I've been using it a lot more recently. So I've been having a lot of fun with that gun. And, you know, those two maps do really well with a, a semi-auto instead of a full auto. So I've been really happy. But other than that, man, just killing those butter boys. How about you? Before we switch gears here, will you explain hardcore mode a little bit? Because we have a significant number of first wipe players, which we are as well. I'm a little bit familiar with hardcore, but I also think we have a significant number of people in our community that are hitting the mid game or even into the end game. And we talked last week about losing purpose. And the idea of the hardcore mode, I think, is something that I don't know if everyone's familiar with. So we explain it a little bit on how you do that. Yeah. So hardcore mode is you generally get a second account. So you have to get another email address, obviously, by the game again. Uh, you get a second account. And with this account, you you start with deleting everything. So you start with deleting everything, your hatchet, whatever you have, everything. And what you have to do is you can only do barters. So you can't buy stuff with money. If you get money, say you like to level up traders, you have to sell stuff to them, right? But you have to take that money you get from them and you have to just delete it from your stash. And then uh, you can only do barters from all the traders. You can never do scavs. Um, What else are the rules? You can't put anything in your gamma except for keys. And usually you do this on like a, a standard account. So you only have four slots. So you can only put keys in there. It's how it sounds like it's only for if you really want to feel like you're a piece of garbage because that's what it makes you like you don't realize how much of a piece of garbage you are until you're playing hardcore but the best thing about that to be honest is when you do fight just normal scavs it's like you're fighting a player like it's it means so much because you might have a lot of guns on you right like the first thing you do because you have nothing is you have to like your goal is to sprint to some sort of weapon crate or something and hope to get a weapon and then take down a scav and grab his stuff And then after that, you're like, you're sweating and shaking because you're like, I have to get out with this stuff because this is all I have. And like I was saying, with the after raid healing happening now and with the hydration stuff, sometimes you just have to like, I have to switch accounts because I don't have, you know, heals in my in my inventory, so I can't pay for it. You can keep money you find in raid. That's allowed, but you can only use that on out of raid healing and on hideout and you can also spend it on raid items so say you need those markers to mark the gas tankers you can spend that money you found in raid on those things so what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you in a hardcore session or play session i think the the most crazy thing that well obviously it's it's killing some butter boys like you know what i mean you have a a kind of garbage gun and then you take down someone that's sweaty and you're like okay this is amazing and then it means your equipment means a lot to you. It, it puts a lot of weight on there. But uh, the coolest thing that really does happen is, you know, if you get an AK-74N, it's easy to mod those. So you do find a lot of parts for it. And it just becomes this like Mad Max gun that you build. And I took this Mad Max AK-74N for like, I think, 10 raids. Like I had a nice scope on it. It was canted for some weird reason. I even got it canted. 
and it just became this like I would of course try to snipe from afar. I didn't want to be close to the scavs, and and that's key, right? The further away you can be from them, the better. And I, I think that and just completing tasks, you know, I got to level some somewhere in like the mid 20s, early 30s. I got last wipe and just like every level you get, you feel accomplished and every task you complete getting, you know, therapist to level two or proper to level two, you feel so much more accomplished. Right. And I, I guess the final thing I want to ask on this, because this is something that actually intrigues me, not necessarily for right now, but this is probably something I could see myself doing next wipe. Are there any things that you've learned while doing the hardcore challenge on that other account that you've like brought back to when you play on your main account? I, I think the big thing you can take away from it is, you know what, if you hear someone and you're just waiting for the action, like, you know, they're coming, like, it's not camping. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people want to, you know, when a streamer is waiting for something to happen, it, it's strategic waiting. It's not camping. You're just strategically waiting and you take for granted everything you get in the real game. Now, hardcore mode is only for people that really play this game a lot, I would say. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone because the normal game is enough to get you frustrated, right? Like it frustrates me at times, but it's just because I play this, you know, five days a week, eight hours a day that it's sometimes nice to have a change and a new challenge, right? Like that's the big thing is a new challenge, something, something interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. So what's like your favorite hardcore moment that you've had on Shoreline? Um, probably one tapping. It was, it was the last wipe. It was one tapping someone in the face from a balcony with just a pistol. You know, he looked pretty buttered, but I got to his body and I, it was the mother of all butter churners. You know what I mean? Like he had everything on him and, you know, the AS Val and the Gen 4 on him, the helmet with the visor. And I somehow, I just got a lucky shot on the ear or something, you know? I, I think what it really does train you to do though, one thing I didn't mention is I learned barters so much better from doing this, right? Because I know, like, I knew the barters, like, the back of my hand last wipe. They've changed now, but I still know, like, you know, like, the car med kit one and the painkiller one, how important those are. And and it really does make you a better player because now you kind of do learn. Money means nothing right now. What means something is, is this pack of matches more important than the duct tape at this moment, right? So... It really puts you in a mindset of what do I need at this moment and what would I need like next raid going in? I remember last time we talked about Shoreline, you talked about how people run up to resort and then stop, but you can hear them coming. Yes, yes, yes. Well, it's 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 the it's the, the run, run, run. And then you hear them at the entrance and they're creeping, you know. Have you have you had that yet? Yes, yes, I have. And so <laughs> that's why I wanted to ask you about it, because in hardcore mode, I, I imagine that being good at that is really beneficial, right? Because you, you can farm people knowing something that they might not know. Yeah, with Shoreline, like I love Shoreline so much. And I've explained this probably a lot last podcast. But what I love so much is is I know my way around it most of the time better than a lot of people. So you can do a really cool flanks by dropping in the floors. You know, you can jump off balconies and try to come up from behind them. Glass is on the third floor backside. So if I hear glass while I'm on the third floor, I know where they're already at. And that's what I really love about resort. I, th I think of it as like a bigger dorms. You know, I've always thought of it like that. It's that close quarter, but it can be a little bit of a long hallway thinking game. And the audio is so bugged that like if you're in the basement of I think it's uh, West, if you're in the basement of West, you can hear the third floor 
but the second and first floor can't hear you. It's really weird how the bugs are, or is, it, it might be the second floor, but first floor can't. I don't know. I, I always go in with my buddy, and I'm I can I'm like I can hear you. Like you're on the second floor, but I can hear you right now just to let you know. So it's stuff like that. And, you know, Steam Audio is coming next in 12.6. I'm really interested in that, even though I, I'm used to the sounds and how they are. But, you know, there is a lot of times I'm sure like you guys where you're like, where is that? Like, is that in the like, especially interchange, right? Is that in the garage? Is that upstairs? You know, and then you learn like, oh, it's muffled. That must be upstairs. Then I think the muffle means upstairs. You know, you get these weird things happening. Yeah, totally. I just remember you're talking about Shoreline and Shoreline's my map as well. I love Shoreline for a lot of reasons. You know, it's the one that I learned how to do the outside first to try to make money. And then it's where I really have kind of embraced uh, close quarters PVP and resort. But like you say, it is kind of dying off a little bit right now before we get to the wipe. But yeah, that, that sound tip that you had last time, which was like about 10 episodes ago for us, was something that I took and put into practice and really helped. So I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. What do you think of Sanitar coming? You excited for Sanitar? I'm stoked, man. I, they're they're adding a boss to my favorite map. How could you not be excited for that, right? It's funny too because we spent a lot of time talking about Shoreline two episodes ago, and the actual or perceived problem of hatchet runners. You know, whatever, whatever side you were on, and it's funny because we actually never really hit on this. But one of the things that fixes it in the current state, and we're gonna dig into the find and raid change in a little bit. We planned on talking about that with you. But I, I kind of forgot about the shoreline boss that they were adding because I think that fixes a lot of it. You know, if every once in a while, if they didn't do this find and raid change, a hatchet runner runs in and, and, <laughs> and finds Sanitar and all the raiders or whatever it's going to be, that that changes that effectively because it it just sort of changes the meta around that area. So that's going to be fun to dig into. But I've, I totally, Eric, I forgot about the, <laughs> the shoreline boss was coming at some point during that whole conversation. I do want to tell you guys my idea for the shoreline boss before all this happened. But my idea was this. Okay. So, you know, Mark's room on the third floor and it has the dead pig in the tub. So I thought it would be cool if that was the boss. Okay. And he's just running around at you so that if you went to the third floor, say you spawned in and you rushed upstairs and you went to the third floor and he wasn't in the tub, you know, he's somewhere on the map. Then the downside of the, of obviously of that is people would just like reset until he's out of the tub. But how cool would it be if this like chainsaw crazy maniac was coming at you? Right. And his helmet, which is his pig head, is a level six helmet. But you know, in horror movies, how like the view from the killer is always like two holes. So it's it's like a, a killer mask. You know how the killer mask is only like the slot. Well, this yeah. one would be just like the two holes, like a killer mask or like a like a killer mask in a in a movie. And I just thought that would have been that would have been really cool. But this guy, I, I don't know. It's like a it's Sanitar is a paramedic, apparently. And the person's going to have a bunch of crazy injectors on them. And it sounds like they're going to be super fast and they'll heal a ton. We haven't found out much about them because they're with the cult too, the cultists. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing it. I was really hoping for 12.6, but uh, it's looking like 12.7. Yeah. So add the horror movie pig boss with cultists at night. Oh, yeah. It'd be so good. It'd be so much fun, right? It's already a horror game. The game's already a horror game. Just add more to it. Yeah, it's a horror movie. It might as well just do this too. Yeah. But it'd be really interesting if they made the boss more dynamic in the way that it's defensive, not just, you know, run after you and mindlessly die, but if they made some kind of retreat, heal, dynamic, you know what I mean? Some kind of AI function. I don't know how deep they can go with that really, but just run at you and die gets boring. At least 
I think so. Well, it, it's it, we've we already have the super beefed up killer, you know, that has a ton of armor and he just has his crazy guns. So it does make sense that maybe Sanitar will be more like agile and quick. And like in my head, it would be cool if, it, you know, Sanitar was running on the walls or the ceilings. I'm hoping they have guards. I don't know if Sanitar is going to have guards, but it'd be cool if like they heal the player uh, or the guards too. So guards get hit and maybe Sanitar injects them with one of the crazy because I don't know if you guys saw the picture of like seven or eight different injectables that they're going to have. They're all like crazy different ones. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think that's actually probably the most intriguing thing to me. And I think Nikita either tweeted it out or said it on the podcast where he said it's going to be a really unique boss. And I love that concept of him injecting raiders or scabs or being really agile. So like if you find him, you probably won't be able to kill him right away. And that would actually be pretty cool if he's like running to different areas and making the scavs do different things or his raiders do different things like having a true like PVE encounter that activates because right now I guess the one that comes to mind is probably Gluhar because sometimes when you run into him like you have to bunker down because there's so many raiders that spawn in that area and it's truly like if you're fighting another team and you're fighting Gluhar, like you're in a real problem because you typically can't deal with Gluhar and all of his goons right away. And so it would be really neat if it caused some like environmental issues where you're like trying to chase this guy down because the loot's so good or the stims are so cool and you want to get him before he uses them all or something. I don't know. That would be awesome, man. I love that idea. If he can jump like outside the balconies and then he jumps into like admin and then, you know what I mean? Like he he runs away almost from you, like he tries to get you. And if he's not successful, it'd be cool if he can jump through windows, heal himself quick and then keep going but like i don't know killa and gluhar they're they're great bosses but they're they're the same old same old right like killa sees you he chases after you you know to bunker down go for those feet right away kind of stun lock them right yeah gluhar same thing you know you see them as long as he hears you they're all going to come at you right they're all like i just go around a corner or something and then wait for him and then i try to like unload a bunch of ammo on him i like that nikita's thinking like hey we already have these type of bosses let's try to get something different happening right yeah, I think the game needs it actually, because I think that some of the replayability of some of the current like harder stuff gets kind of boring just for the same reasons you just said. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. Yeah. So Eric, what have you been doing this week, man? I've been losing a lot of stuff kind of on purpose because why not? Yeah. I mean, when you got more money than you really need and, you know, I've just been buying stuff and using all kinds of different things to learn kind of what I like to use and kind of what I don't like to use. So I've spent a lot of time doing some hard charging chatting in factory and um, in customs in dorms and really getting more comfortable with that kind of play style, mostly just to learn sound. Because I wanted to just make sure I knew sound going into these different places, going to the wipe, but I'm going to have to try hard because not going to have a lot of stuff. So been uh, been spending a lot of time doing that. And the M1 is my favorite gun in the game. So throw a Reaper on an M1 and toss around woods, toss around shoreline. You know, shoreline has been kind of dead, but routinely I can clear out all the scavs on the map and come out 11, 12, you know, kills and maybe one or two PMCs if you find one. But you're right, shoreline's been kind of kind of empty as of late. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't really care about the flea market or my hideout anymore. All of that stuff is just whatever. And I'm not losing money. Like my ruble count is not going down as fast as I really think it should because the hideout makes so much money at this level that it doesn't matter. So it's been fun actually, though, really just focusing on kind of like my post wipe plan, kind of figuring out 
how I'm going to get to level 10. I'm going to start using the flea market. I've been working out some strategies, which I'm going to try, and then we'll talk about on the show, about how the new find and raid change is going to affect the economy. I've got some ideas and thoughts about that. So been really working through that. Nice. Well, and for me, I um, let's see, as of today, I've got three tasks left to get the Kappa container. I wasn't really focused on it, but I just kind of kept picking something and then finishing it. And then I finally got, uh, what was the one where <laughs> I finally got the end of the prepper chain done. And then I've got the end of the skier chain. And everyone was like, you know, I did the guide and I did it on my first try. I did all the maps solo, except for customs. I recruited some people and got customs done. And then they're like, wait till you get to setup." which is the one where you have to wear the Yushanka cap and the scab vest, and you have to kill PMCs on customs. You have to kill 15 of them. And I'm like, this is going to be fine. It's going to be just great. So today, fire up the stream. I'm like, let's give this a go. Got five Yushankas, five scab vests, and just start going after it. And that task is rough, man. Like, I, <laughs> I kept getting a kill, and then there would be a second guy, or it's just crazy. Like, that task is rough. There's a reason why it's one of the last ones, but um, I got six kills of the 15 that I need with five sets, so I think we'll be able to knock that one out pretty quick this week or next. And then I have to kill Gluhar, who have killed a bunch of times, but I didn't kill him when I had the actual task. And then I have to do the 10 Raiders after that. So I think it's pretty reasonable that I'll get it before the wipe ends. I wasn't really focused on it, but it looks like it's going to happen. But yeah, for me, it's going to be uh, yeah working on setup. That task is brutal. Repires. That's all you need right there. Just reap IRs, right? That's On a time. shoddy? <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. You have to use a shoddy, don't you? You have to use the MP-153 yes, or 133. Yeah, yeah, 133. I guess um, you could put the... Uh, I guess you could, right? You could put a um, you rail could, up there. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I did that task earlier. I don't know. I, I don't really... The, the one that, you know, Shooter Born in Heaven was the one that just always gets me. Always gets me. Now that I'm thinking of it, that task, I wanted to murder someone because I was in customs and I was just rushing dorms. And it's it's one of those things you're just like, I have to either bunker down and just wait and get lucky and hopefully just, yes, I remember that task. <laughs> and, and that's exactly it. It's like I went, I did the dorms thing and then I would wait and then no one would show up. Yes. Or I would do the dorms thing and three buttered boys would come running in. And that just wasn't working. So then I just basically stayed away from dorms and ran around the map. And I kept running into two mans and I would kill one and the other one would get me. But it just seemed to be going a lot better that way. So I'll probably steer clear of dorms going forward, even though it seems like a shotgun in dorms would be a good idea. It just seems like so late in the wipe right now that either people are coming in way too geared, <laughs> right? They're coming in just thick or they're not going there at all. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't think it's going to be too challenging because people are still playing customs a lot. Had no problem getting in raids full of people. You know, we're, we're doing just fine. And frankly, there's enough probably pistolers and hatchet runners running around that I'll get lucky at some point. If you do think about it, the people that are going to dorms are the geared guys that are looking for a fight where if you go around the map, those are the people that are like, I'm staying clear of that section. Let's go over to here. You know what I mean? So it's probably best that you do stay away from dorms for sure, because that's all 
Like, no one even cares about marked room really anymore. It's just like, this is where the action happens. We're all programmed to be like dorms, 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 you know? Yeah, and it's kind of funny, right? Because the action in dorms is really... At least at this point, I think you're right. People run up. They expect some action. If it happens, great. I don't know. I've just had so much better PvP outside of dorms recently, even not doing this task, that I'm starting to like customs a lot more just because I've learned some of the outskirts and places that I didn't really know. And I kind of finally know all of the spawn locations. I kind of avoided customs after tasking there. So this has kind of been cool to kind of run around and just explore a little bit too. So I've been using it as an opportunity to mess with that. You know where I really liked was uh, pre-wipe, last wipe. I really started liking customs, but where I started liking it was, so you know the hole in the fence uh, by train that goes into dorms and that whole wooded area that right there where their tent is and stuff? I like there. That's where I like to fight. It's a really interesting little like, you know, kind of camouflage You can kind of move in and out. You can kind of flank people by hills. I like the, that's where I really like is, is behind two story and even behind three story where there's like that death hill and stuff. Like there's some good fights there. Yeah, that whole area, right? And the like the bus station in between the bus station mm-hmm. and two story is really kind of neat. And there's some scavs that spawn in there. So you can have some unique situations. But I think what I'm learning about customs is that In terms of where cover is and where you're safer, like, yeah, the wooded areas, if you start understanding where to move, how to move, you can really find some good cover and good ambush spots. But it's also not as open as it feels. Because just today, I had guys where I engaged them up the hill across that railroad track, up the hill you were talking about towards the tents. And then the guy ran down in front of me and I lost him because he had that entire mound of the railroad track to move horizontal to me and I lost him and I pushed over thinking I knew where he was and he was like 45 degrees the other direction and just destroyed me. So I think moving around on that map is it's helping me understand just how much cover is available by environment and hills, not necessarily hardcover. Yeah, it's super interesting about customs because for me, I know you're trying to do a task, but for me, I'm running right into the PvP now on purpose. And I just didn't play like that before. But now really with nothing to lose and everything to kind of learn has kind of been my philosophy. It's been really interesting. That area, I would say, just to the south of dorms, there's usually a lot of good thick boys running from the exit from the south of dorms towards the gas station. Mm -hmm. And you can find some good fights there. And uh, I just run in that area and just wait. It's been a lot of fun. The pre-wipe events when there's raiders on every map, it's a blast. That makes you want to be like, there should be raiders on every map. My theory is like, you should have a 5% chance of having just like maybe a 10% chance of just like a group of raiders going on every map. You know, one in 10 raids, you have a chance for uh, this like wandering group of raiders because fighting raiders on every map when they turn it on so scouts become raiders you're just like this is so much fun like this is a blast i get why they don't obviously do it a lot because then the cost of everything would just plummet because everyone has raider gear but like like a five percent chance like a one in 20 raid you know there's a five percent chance that there's just like three guys that are raiders just wandering around the map would be pretty fun well and i think that that's super interesting to me because there's also like a tier of raiders you know mm-hmm. and i heard on uh, Veritas and Jesse Kazam were talking about this on their POG cast, P-O-G cast for those unfamiliar. But they were talking about the idea that they know the Raiders so well after playing this for so long. And you may be in this position too, where like you see the shotgun Raider and you're like, I don't need anything off of that guy other than his IFAC and grenades. 
And so there's almost like tiers of raiders. Like it would almost be cool, like you said, if there was a low percentage chance that scavs could be raiders and maybe it's like the lower tier raiders. Like I don't think we want to see like... (laughs) We don't want to see the SA-58 Raiders in every map on a low chance, especially early in the wipe. But yeah, it'd be kind of cool if that was available or certain times or I don't know. I really like that idea. They they did talk about the new UN faction coming. So that might be like, you know, Scavs, UN Raiders, you know, so that might be it. I didn't I haven't learned too much about this UN faction. I don't think there's a lot out of there, but we are going to get Peacekeepers kind of un faction in the game down the road again soon 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 and uh but that might be what what that gap is right that might be the gap between raider scav just like that nice middle ground for every once in a while oh there's the un raiders let's go get them they have the blue armor but they might have a a a decent gun on them right right well and i want to circle back to though because you were talking about pre-wipe and you talk about the scavs get replaced by raiders. And I feel like every veteran of this game who has gone through multiple wipes, they look at that pre-wipe event and you just like see the eyes widen, the pupils dilate. And it's just this like, wait for the pre-wipe event, man. Like it's coming. Here's what it is. So I'm like, I guess what I want to ask you. And again, I want to, I want to frame this in the context is that we know there's people that literally are listening that just bought the game this week. And we've talked to them in the Xfil discord on it. But why is the pre-wipe so excited? And then I guess a follow-up to that would be, what are you doing to get ready? Like, what are you doing to get ready for the wipe? Is there things and changes that are, again, we don't know everything, which is almost kind of yeah. cool, but what are you focused on right now that's potentially going to be new? So while I was streaming the other day, we kind of looked at like, what's the the first bigger gun we're going to be building? And, and we looked at all the guns and... You know, I'll tell the audience right now, the best ammo you're probably going to get for the first little while is 7.62 PS ammo. It's it's fantastic ammo. It can do a lot of work. Even even now, it can do some work, really. The problem with that, obviously, is that it, if you full auto an AKM that's not fully modded, it kicks everywhere. So most of the time you want to use it on the Vepr or on a single fire AKM. And that's what I built. I built a nice single fire AKM and I just kind of kept it there as like the wipe god, I called it. And, and it's a decent one. I'm going to do a video on it on my YouTube. The thing is, Nikita on the, the last English podcast was talking about how he's going to be adding in a lot of like baby attachments, like a lot of like level one and two attachments are going to get added because there are a lot of really good level two attachments right now, like the RK1's level two skier, which I think should kind of move up probably and, and just get replaced with some other stuff. Right now, I'm, I'm speculating, you know, I'll speculate some stuff. Maybe I'll 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 take a look like the thing is, I've made so many videos on where to find Salua's, where to find car batteries, where to find, you know, uh, flash drives, you know, so I kind of already have it in my head like, okay, I need to go here and here. Like, I'll tell you guys right now, I'm going to be going to Shoreline a lot. Uh, It's just I think it's an underrated map. I think what's going to happen is everyone's going to be going reserve because that's like. You know, you get so much stuff out of reserve customs. I don't if you haven't been to a wipe yet. The last wipe customs was like a 30 minute wait time because everyone wants to go there to finish a task. You know, I'll probably go shoreline. It's just, you know, go stay in as long as you can. The number one thing I tell people is bags, 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 because now there's after raid healing. The only bag that you can get from level one ragman is a sling and that's a two by three. So you want to focus on, you know, the there's a hard drive 
one trade for a hard drive one one hard drive for one mbss backpack that's a trade it's a really good trade especially if you could find a lot of computers shoreline has you know a good chunk of computers you can find or interchange the one thing you're going to want to look for is a lot of bags and so that's like my prepping i'm just like i know you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna get some good sleep the night before i'll do like a as long as i can go i went like 29 hours last time i'll, I'll try to go super long again the pre-wipe event to be honest it's fun you know for a couple of days like the raiders are, are fun for a couple of days uh you know to say quote unquote the veterans i don't consider myself a veteran but you know the veterans do find it like two days or something it, it, it's okay and whatnot but then you're like okay give me wipe but what's amazing about this is for the newer players i think the pre-wipe event is so amazing for the newer players because everything is dirt cheap everything is not only do you get max traders and everything's unlocked for you, but everything's like super, super cheap. And I'm going to tell your viewers a little secret right now. Hoard grenades right now because they don't sell grenades during pre-wipe. So if you want to make a bunch of money, hoard all the grenades you can now and then sell them at pre-wipe time if you're worried about not having money. Be right back. I got to log in real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get that grenade case. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fill a thick boy with those. Why not? I love chucking grenades. That's a good tip. That's the problem with grenades is who wants to sell them? You want to use them. Right? Yeah, it is true. What are you guys doing to prep? I want to know what your plans are to prep now. So for me, I am intentionally trying to not burn out. <laughs> I have this like desire to keep grinding and getting better, but I have the same desire to go really hard when the wipe hits. And so when I am playing, I'm making myself do things that I either wouldn't normally do or go to areas, areas that I wouldn't normally go. And so I've started learning labs and that's been going quite well, actually. And I'll just take like a section of labs and I'll just say, OK, I'm going to get to the green room. I'm going to learn, do people come there? Do they not? How do I get out of there? How do I get to the exfils I know about? And then I've also just been doing tasks, you know, and being like, okay, I'm doing this shotgun task. Let's try the dorms. Let's try other areas. And just forcing myself to learn different spots of the map, of different maps, really. And it's been really, really good. So that's kind of me. I, I don't want to burn out right now because I, I could go really hard right now. Like I'm really having a lot of fun just because there's geared people everywhere. And even like factory, man, like a month ago, I would go on like 15 or 20 run streaks on factory and not die because you'd run into a geared player every now and then. But now you're running into like four out of the five are totally decked out and they're like level 13 you know so it's it's a totally different ball game there right now yeah aside from the stuff about learning different sounds and like fundamentals of tarkov that kind of thing what i've been doing that's been a total blast is i'm kind of try hard scaving because i'm realizing that what i'm going to end up using is that stuff and so it's been really fun to try to go up against some of these geared players with just scav stuff so like in factory or in customs or in shoreline, I get in, head right to the PVP areas. And since I'm the underdog, definitely with that setup, it's more about who can I get the jump on, you know, use sound, all those kinds of things. But try hard scaving. I'm really looking forward to the pre-raid raiders replacing all the scavs, because I think one of the things that I did not get enough chance to do, and maybe other people are in the same boat, is like, I didn't get a chance to fight raiders enough, really, to get a good feel for, you know, how they are. I mean, I'm not the ultra chad PvP guy, so it's I didn't go into interchange 
hunting killa like a thousand raids or something. So I didn't really get that that chance. And so I'm kind of looking forward to fighting raiders that are in place of scavs on maps that I know very well and kind of learning a little bit more about how raiders play. So those are really the two things I'm working on right now. I guess the thing that you kind of mentioned is you've started building the guns, like you said, the wipe god, which cracks me up. But you're talking about that preset thing, and that's new, right? That your presets are going to roll into the next season or wipe, whatever you want to call it, and the things that you've examined, right? So you're not going to have to examine the items on the flea market or in the trader screen or in the game when you find something new, which means we're going to lose out on some of that early experience, but really that's that's pretty minor. I think this is something that I probably need to do is really think about, okay, what is going to be available from who? And I guess what actually intrigues me more about the concept of them keeping the presets is that it makes me think there's not going to be a ton of changes to the trades as we know them. Or to your point, like he's talked about putting a bunch of new stuff in to replace items or move them around. But if they're going to let us keep presets and items examined, I guess in my mind, I'm not sure if I'm expecting a whole lot to be added, at least in the initial stage of 12.6 in terms of changes. I think there will be. I think it'll be just more obvious for everyone, which is a good thing, right? Like, I think this way it'll be able to you get proper level two and you see like five blacked out things and you're like, these are new. Let's check them out. Let's see what they are. And it might make you play with them more too, right? Yeah. In my case, I actually want to go through my presets and delete most of them because like I just have like throwaway ones that I'm like, you know, I I think it's still... You know, this was iteration one of the whole build a gun thing, uh, the whole preset. And I'm hoping, you know, in 12.6, maybe they made it a little bit cleaner, you know, maybe because it is really clunky. Like, you know, you just get a list and you're like, which one's this? You know, like, which one's this? And I have like duplicates and then you can sometimes save over the stock one. So now you don't even have like a stock one. And you're like, my stock one is uh is a decked out SVDS? What what just happened, right? So, you know, I think there's a lot of changes that have to come with, I think, the presets, but I'm happy it's there because for a lot of you youngsters, if you don't remember, after a raid, you had to just go and buy every single... It was hell. Honestly, I would have to build like six guns for the stream at the start so that I didn't have to go build them. And it it limits you, right? Because you're now like, I just want, I'm just going to build this one gun because I just want to buy six of these, six of these, six of these, six of these, and then we're good to go. Now it's like, it's really easy to mod. And I don't think people realize that the struggle before presets. And I know a lot of people don't even use presets anymore. Like a lot of big streamers don't even bother with them, but I, I definitely do. Even if it's just like, just to get the framework done you know what i mean like just to get the basic framework and then i have the rest of the stuff and i'll just throw on whatever but if i just want to make sure like you know this is an opsks modded out somewhat so that i can add certain things to it right yeah i think the presets and the gun building in general the learning curve on it's pretty steep yeah it's so steep because a lot of games don't I mean, you think of like PUBG, you get a few different add-ons or whatever. Some other shooter games, you may get some modifications, but in this game, it's crazy. So I think the learning curve is pretty steep on that. And we get people who ask us, you know, what is the best way to learn how to mod a gun? And I'm not even sure, man. I'm I'm not even honestly 100% sure. The preset screen really helped me, even though I do agree with you. Like when you get the drop down box for a optic and there's 50 of them and you're like, which one do I pick and why? 
You know, other than trying five of them maybe and finding one or two that I like and then the rest I really didn't like, I'm not even sure that I even paid attention to how much they cost, to be honest with you. And I don't know if there's a better way. Uh, It's just there's a lot of options. I almost think that there might be too many options, honestly. Well, it's funny because thinking back to a time when the preset system didn't exist it it like shocks me right that that was there that was a that was how the game was because yeah you're right like when you get in there and you examined all these things and you saw a guide that says go through the flea market and and search every single item to get that little boost on your experience to hit level 10 or whatever there's that part of it but then i also look at it and say there's still some clunk factor to it because as you were talking about it how they got maybe a little smoother or whatever you know i was building these long boy shotguns today and and you buy like four sets of all the pieces that you need and then you know you have room in your stash but it can't figure out how to build the item so yeah. then you got to close it make the room you try it again and oops you put the room on the wrong side so you got to close it you got to drop stuff in so it's like there's tons of room for improvement on that and it's like it almost needs to get a little smarter i don't know i don't know if it's like an overlay system to say where the gun's at or if it's like a preview type thing like i know you've got the little drop down on the left once you have all of these items unlocked if you're newer to the game i mean i i click on the scope drop down and i've probably used like five or six scopes out of that entire section you know like it's just not very intuitive. And I would just think that the less hours you have in this game, the more intimidating that screen is. Well, it's for me, I use it all the time. It shocks me that people don't use it because I don't know that how I would build a gun without that right now. The one thing I do like, though, about that having so many options is even after like I'm at like something like close to 3000 hours with the game or yeah, something around there. Even with that, I'm learning like, oh, I like this new scope and I know it's been in here forever, but I've never used it like the voodoo. I've never really used the voodoo. I've always used the TAC 30. And then someone I just got it off a gun one time and I was like, I like this voodoo is awesome. And the other thing is I started loving sniping recently. Like I've never been a sniper, but it's just like, you know what? It's really gratifying to like get that long boy headshot. Right. And I I think you're right. Like there's nothing that pisses you off more than you have all the parts, you have the gun, you build the gun, not enough room. And you're like, what? Like, just just move it then. Like, can't you computer man move it? Like, and the other thing is it doesn't give you good enough stat recognition. Yeah, you could, like you were saying, you can move it everywhere. But again, that's UI. And I think they just needed to get this out, right? They couldn't make it perfect. They just needed to get it out. And I think that's what they did. They were just like, you guys need this. You know, it's it's amazing that a team this size has made a game like this. I still think that it's not like this is a AAA company, guys. This is a company with just recently over 100 employees. You know what I mean? Like to make a game like this that has been going for as long as it has with the amount of iterations and the complexity, it, it is quite crazy. And I think, you know, the veterans and, and people that have been playing the game a long time understand that sometimes you just we just need stuff out there and then we'll work on it as it goes. Because it is, I know everyone hates to say it or hear it, but it is a beta. In the end, it is a beta. We're all learning about the game. Uh, we're all like seeing what works, what doesn't. You know, there's going to be a lot of hate, especially next patch. A lot of hate. I just think there's so many things that nobody ever uses, right? You got to figure that they have some kind of metric or some kind of data point mm-hmm. on how many parts get used and how many parts just sit in the shelf, figuratively speaking, right? I think it's for, but I think this is a game for gun lovers. So like the thing is, it's just like, I own this gun. 
I want to build it in this game. And then I don't care if it's not good. It's just, this is my, I own this gun. I think that's a lot of times what we don't think about. I don't know about you guys. Do you guys know, do you guys do guns at all? Like, here's me. Like, do guns? Do you guys do guns? I do the gun. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. No, no like... I- I've got a I've got a pistol and I've always been interested in firearms and I I agree man and it just cracks me up because there's that new trend on Reddit too where you know they have a gun that they see in a movie and then they post the build or the picture of the build and all the the presets for it and everything you need and I'm like that's awesome like what a crazy cool like content piece where someone's like oh you remember that AR from that 1992 movie whatever I built it oh it's just the stock AR cool <laughs> you know but there's memes in it and it's I don't know. I I do think it is a game where gun lovers can absolutely dig into, but it's it's got so much potential. You also have to think, sorry to cut you off there, but you have to think of like, there's so many places for loot to be. If they limited it, that would mean like most of the time somewhat good then, right? So at least you can now like, you know, we'll get into this, but I think with the find and raid flea market, it is going to make us play with a lot of stuff we refuse to play with. I think not many people are thinking about that. You know, if you want to just jump into the discussion, I, I can make a rant about this right now. You know, I- I've always said this. I'm almost positive I said it in episode 11. I'm for that there's a gray line. There has to be a line for the casuals and the veterans. It can't always be catered to one or the other. We have to ride this gray line. And find and raid flea market is uh, the gray line. I think it is very difficult, but I don't think a lot of people are thinking this way. And I I just put out a YouTube video about this. There's actually a chance that there's going to be a mid game. There's never been a mid game. It goes early game and then it goes late game because everyone that's late game can just sell everything on the flea market. And if you have enough rubles, even if you're early game, you can buy it. But now there actually might be a chance for us to have this real you know, really beefy mid game that, you know, it will matter like, hey, I might be using 762 PS ammo for a while. I might be using, uh, you know, SP5 for a while, I, you know, and, and I think not a lot of people are thinking that it won't be ramping as fast and as hard against new players. So if you do join a month later, it's not going to be like, Everyone's at endgame. You know, of course, there's going to be the one percenters. I know a lot of people get mad at that. Like, oh, this guy's already 40. It's like the chances of him being in your raid compared to like, you know, people around your level are very slim. But I think the big thing I want to talk about with Finding Raid Flea Market is that there's a huge chance for this game to to drastically change that no one's seen coming. It's going to take us out of our comfort zone it's going to take us to maybe we're going to like i I don't like the monster site but maybe you're going to use the monster site now right i don't like this site but you know i hate the weaver site i used to be one of my favorites actually they changed it i hate it but guess what if i find it in a raid and uh, you know i just need a site i'm going to start using it the other thing is i know a lot of people are worried about making money but if you think about it if you have a couple of good raids and you get some stuff out, that stuff's going to be worth a fortune now on the flea market, as long as you're level 10. Like, I don't think people understand how much this stuff's going to go for. Yeah, you might be slower on building the hideout. The other thing is the hideout now is go- there's going to be so much emphasis on the hideout. I-, I think that's a great thing because right now it's totally just, a you know, it's just what it makes me Bitcoins. Like, let's be honest. It just makes me Bitcoins every once in a while. I can gamble in the scav case. And that's it. And and that's the other thing. The scav case will be awesome. The scav case will be, I'll be pumping that thing every time. I don't care. I'll be throwing 70,000 rubles in it because it's all find and raid. And it'll all be worth probably more than you, we think, you know? You know, you make a lot of good points there. I hope 
that's the way it turns out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was actually really, really curious, and I'm, I'm, I hate to cut you off here, but I, I want to let you talk because I actually heard what sort of happened two episodes ago where I think Geek has the same hope that both you and I have. But I think all three of us are looking at it very different. But I'm actually curious on your thoughts regarding what he said. I think you're right about it's going to make people use a lot of different things that they don't traditionally use now. So I think that's a good thing. I think that it's going to drastically reduce the amount of money in supply. I don't necessarily think that those find and raids are going to sell for a lot because I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that can buy them for lots of money. And, and, and you know, I could be wrong, but I'm just this is my opinion. So yeah, I no, think. No. I think I think we're going to experience kind of like a deflation of overall value all the way around, which I think could make the traders more valuable and force people to using the trading system more, especially, you know, if you're below level 10, right? Whatever you get, you'll just sell to the traders. If they still have the same money requirements to level the traders up, it could get kind of rough because there's a lot of money you have to pump through the traders. It doesn't seem like a lot now, but if you can't cheese some of it with the flea market or at least use the flea market as a tool, I I think that would make that system a little bit rough. The other part is leveling the hideout. I agree with you. The hideout's going to become way more valuable and it's going to become valuable because the stuff that you find in raid, you're just going to use for the swaps, you know, the crafting swaps. But when that happens, your stash management gets way more disastrous, right? So you're going to always be full of all of this find and raid scav junk stuff that now we just kind of blow off and get rid of, right? You're going to have to maintain all kinds of piles of things to keep stuff going. And I think the learning curve is going to be harder than it is now. And I think it. I think you're right. It's going to create a mid-game out of people who know how to play, at least to a certain point. And I think it's going to just punish people who are new really bad. I mean, they're going to be even more lost than they are now. So I, I, I don't know. But that's just kind of where I see it. I hope I'm wrong. I'm not negative on the game. I want the game to succeed. So hear me from that perspective. I think it's going to be a little bit too hard. I think the gray line, which I agree with, by the way, because every game has a small percentage of hardcore players, which are very loud. But those people usually don't realize that it's the 90% of casuals that fund their passion. If you start adjusting the knobs to the 1% or 2% of hardcore, the game dies. And so that you can't do that. So I agree that you got to have that gray line in there where you got to make it fun kind of for everybody. But really, it's the other way around. You kind of have to make everybody a little bit not happy with it. You know, it's kind of like a good negotiation. Everyone walks away a little bit unhappy. And I think that this particular change move that line too far towards the hardcore people and away from the casual player. But I could be wrong. You know, that's just where I'm at. Well, I, every time I get into a conversation about this specific change, my opinion morphs a little bit, right? Someone's adding some salt and then some paprika and I get a little pepper from this person and, and we're creating some Cajun here. It's going to be interesting, but we just don't know exactly what's going to happen. But Geek, you talked about the mid game and, you know, I think the biggest concern is the economy. Right. And I think in the current system today, before the pre-wipe event in 12.5, I, I feel like the economy at some point, which I think is what you were saying, can almost be ignored once you get your hideout to a certain level. And because there's so much inflation and so much stuff in the flea market, like someone who doesn't pay attention to the economy in this game at all can literally just go run their raids 
just sell whatever they throw it up on the flea market, doesn't matter where it came from, what it's worth, and they just kind of ignore the economy. And you can kind of just get through the early and the mid game right now. This is going to change that, but it's going to put a huge emphasis on something that is critical to understand in this game. And it's going to be critical much earlier than it was before. Surviving raids, living, getting out alive. You learn that it's the most important thing. But for me personally, I didn't really latch on to that idea until I was into the 20s and 30s. And I think that's going to happen so much earlier. And it may be much more painful to your point, Eric, that it's, it's some people it's going to affect drastically new players, people that didn't focus on economy at all. But surviving raids is going to be the new and it's not even new. It was the most critical thing. And I think it's just going to get ramped up even more. And I just I don't know, man, it could change a whole heck of a lot. I'm not sure that it's a good or a bad thing yet. I'm, I keep flip flocking back and forth. So I also agree about the gray line kind of philosophy that it is the gray line. I don't know if it's moving too much. I don't know if it's moving too little. I actually, I can't argue and say that it's moving too little. I would say it's either move the right amount or perhaps too much, but the focus on survival is going to be critical. And I think players are going to learn it much, much earlier compared to previous wipes. I think there's one thing they could change that might fix it and keep it mostly to what they're proposing. Just make the flea market available at level one and leave it and leave all the other rules the same. I think that would be a lot better. As I've kind of thought through this process, I, I feel like getting to level 10, if you don't have friends that you're going to play with, is going to be a hard hill to climb in this. And I think if they made the flea market available at level one, then I can see this kind of doing kind of what we're all wanting it to do, right? You know. So in my head, the flea market's not supposed to be something that we rely on. You know what I mean? I, I feel like the flea market is just, I have a couple of points to talk about. One is the uh, peace, or not the peace game, but the levels of traders. We didn't always have the flea market. So what we had to do was instead of buying 100 PKO6s from someone, selling them on the flea market, getting most of our money back, then doing rinse and repeat until we level up our traders, we had to do it just by losing a ton of money. You know, I had to buy a hat from Ragman. And I'd buy that hat over and over and over again. And I don't think that is a flea market problem or anything. I think fundamentally what that comes down to is a trader issue with maybe level one not having enough good stuff. Because you see that it's changed this wipe for sure. There's a lot of better items in their inventory. But in previous wipes, it was like, what am I buying from Ragman level one? You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much forgetting about him once I just clap a couple of raider or uh, of scavs here. So I think what it comes down to is, is there enough items that you want to purchase from every single level one trader? I, I feel like the same way a lot of people feel, you know, and that might be the minority, but I feel like the flea market is just becoming something that everyone relies on. It doesn't matter if you don't have this person unlocked, F it, just go grab it from the flea market. So that might make people want to be like, okay, I want to complete this task and I want to get better then. Because technically the tasks make you use something you're uncomfortable with. And it's not always a good thing. I know that, but it is going to get you out of your comfort zone. And it might even make you, you know, just be like, okay, F it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to slog through this. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it so I can grab this stuff. I feel like since the introduction of the flea market, I feel like there has been a huge emphasis on it. A way they could have went around this is a global limit not happening anymore and we just make it so like if i can buy only 150 rounds of 995 in three and a half hours 
I should always be able to buy that 150 rounds. There shouldn't be a, a, a gate saying I sold out now. But what they want to do is they want to make it so, I don't know if you guys heard this, but they do want to make it so like if the RK1 sells out over and over and over again, they're going to jack the price. And then if it if it keeps selling out, they're going to just stop selling. It. And again, it's going to make us, you know, this is a hardcore game. I hate that excuse. I hate saying it. And I know I know a lot of people don't like hearing that, but it is a hardcore game. It's supposed to be a little harder than just your usual Call of Duty. Uh, you know, it makes I think I, I think that's what makes every raid special, right? It is, you know, I was saying about how I want it to feel like it does pre or uh when wipe just hit. Do you guys, I don't know about you guys, you might still, but if I go buy a weapons case, nine times out of 10, I'm not searching it anymore. You know what I mean? But I'm hoping that because, you know, because there's so much weight on, like, uh, there could be something good because it's fine and rated. I could throw on the flea market and make some money at least. Or, you know, this thing's always sold out. So now there's a chance for me to find these cool things in this raid. You know, all this stuff sold out, but, you know, I have a chance to find it in raid at least. I, I think that's amazing, right? I think that's something that's really uh special and and i want that feel like the, the the best feeling i have in tarkov is wipe month i'm searching everything i'm going hard i'm spending as much time as i can in raids i'm going to places i don't usually go to after the first month or two of the game you know and that's that's the most fun right really going in really digging really getting excited about finding these little things again and I always want that. And I know I'm the minority. I know I'm very much the outcast of the one percenters that are like this because I stream the game for a living. But if we can get that feeling a little bit longer, if we can stop getting flea market flippers and people like, I don't know about you guys, it just happened. The PPSH came out and then everyone bought it out and sold it for 700,000 rubles. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that feeling. Like, I remember when they had all the SVDS attachments come out. And I bought one gun's worth. I was like, I'm so excited. Okay, the limit's like five. I'll be okay. So I bought like one of each item just to make one gun. I was super excited. And then I died with it. And then I went to go buy another one. And guess what? It's all sold out because of flea market flippers, right? I, I don't want that. And I know they can stop it by having like the global limits being just for you and whatnot. But why don't we just cut those people out of the game? You know what I mean? Like, I know there's going to be people that really don't like hearing that. But like... The game's meant to go into raid and, and to fight people with a gun and stuff. I just don't see the whole... Something you said sort of like gave me a mind-blown sort of like realization moment. And it was when you said people are reliant on the flea market. And it immediately took me back to trading in MMO or ARPG games like Diablo 2, Diablo 3, World of Warcraft. Those are the games I've played that either had very active trading communities or they had a flea market-like system, whether it was an auction house or a real money auction house, etc. And the reason I sort of sat here and just was kind of like, oh my gosh, well, those games... You could rely on those markets or systems, but they're all class-based games. And so the reason they were so cool was like, hey, if I'm rolling on a Amazon in Diablo 2 and I, and this again, old school game, I know, whatever, and I find a end game sorceress item, I find an Oculus or something that is completely useless to me, I could go create a game and say, I've found this item and I want this one. I could take this useless item for another class and trade it to someone who got lucky on their class and found an item I need and boom. So it was a different level of reliance and, it, and adding the trading to it in Diablo 3 was kind of the same way. Like 
boom, I'm running around on, you know, the barbarian and I find something for, you know, the wizard and, and vice versa. So like there's always that class based and WoW is the same way. WoW, you would have things that you needed for crafting that, you know, an herbalist could get, but for some reason, a leather worker needed some herbs. So you were always selling something that they couldn't get themselves. And in Tarkov, there's no class-based system. Everybody needs and wants the same crap. And the only thing that's crafting is the same hideout, the same progression for everybody. So I'm not sitting here saying that we need classes in this game or specializations, which could be cool. And we talked about that with Veritas. But that's part of the issue with the availability of the flea market is that everybody needs the same crap. And when something new comes out that's exciting, everybody wants to try that exciting thing. There's no gatekeeping on who can use what and when other than your level and your hideout progression or your trader level. So let me kind of ask this question to both of you. How many hours do you think you'll play while you still have that good feeling? You know, like the game's good. Everything's good. The white feeling's there. So do you mean like when does it become like when's 12.7 coming? No, no. How many hours will you play? Like you said, it'd be a month, right? So I mean, a month or two or whatever. What What yep. is that amount of time that you play where like everything is awesome? And then it goes back to, okay, now I'm annoyed by the trade flippers and all this other kind of stuff. Well, mine's short before, before you jump in, Geek. I don't know. This is the first time I'm going to experience it. So for me, my rose-tinted goggles perhaps are looking at this more challenging feature being added to the game as perhaps a longer period of progression. And while it may be challenging for some, for me personally, I look forward to that challenge and I'm hoping that it drags the progression feeling out longer. So I don't know. But I think this change will have me playing it longer until I get to the point I'm at now. But I'm getting to the quote unquote very end game at the very end of the wipe. So I, I actually have no idea. You know, the easy answer is 40. Once you unlock all the traders, right? Like once you unlock all the traders, it's like, okay, you know, I don't need any weapon parts or anything. I can just buy them. If I need them, I can just go to the flea market. I have enough money. Uh, I think now, though, it's interesting and something we're not going to know about is flea market and like they're going to change stuff up. Um, and, and that's what I'm hoping for, right? Like, I, I don't know how long it takes. It's usually to 40. And hopefully now I'm hoping for that mid game. So it'll take a little longer. And now I'm hoping for like, okay, hideout trades are going to be heavy. So you know what? I'm going to want to be going into tech like constantly and into Texco instead of just trying to go for Ledexes and making 1.5 million every Ledex. But the one thing I do want to talk to, especially the new players about and the reliance on the flea market is I get this a lot in the stream. It's like, what's the best armor and gun I should be running? Everyone's asking the best. And I think the best part about this game is there is no like there is quote unquote, I guess if you want to call ASVAL M995 with like an HK, the best. OK, you can. There, there's always a meta. The problem is everyone wants a meta. And I think we need to get away from that. And I think Tarkov wants to get away from that, especially with things being sold out like you. OK, there's no more SP6. What's next? You know, what's what's everyone going to go to now? Right. And I do like that. I like the the changing of the meta. It's like it's like a card game or something. But when people ask me those questions and I, I, I'm i just like, you know, I can give you like answers like throw a Gen 4 on or a slick and get a modded out HK. But the problem is, you know, I think people are like the flea market because they could be like, I could just go get my M4 and modded out there and stuff. But like if you're relying on the flea market to get your weapon parts instead of just, you know, maxing out your traders, 
I'm not saying you're a bad player, but I'm saying it might be a waste of money to you and it might make you go into the hole faster and it might make you frustrated with the game faster and it might make you get upset because this is supposed to be the best gun. Why aren't I killing something? The the best thing I can tell someone when they say that is spend money on just like getting a garbage kit and just like learning the maps and learning the sounds like that is worth so much more than any rubles you can get like learning a map knowing like okay this is the the way i like to go you know this is good loot way okay this is a great loot route i like to take you know it makes me a lot of money usually no one's around there and the other thing i like to talk about is like people act like you know there's not like a bajillion places for you to loot in this game like they added those ground caches which i don't know if they're going to be in the next one they're going to be here 12.6 but he mentioned something a few podcasts ago about how he doesn't want them always there. So, you know, if there's 30 on Shoreline or 36 on Shoreline, maybe only 15 are available this this round. There's so many opportunities for you to make money. And I know I know you're probably swearing at me right now and, and telling me to F off because I play this for a living. But I was exactly where everyone is. I, I tell that to everyone. A, it's just pixels, guys. It's just pixels. Don't take it serious. And B, there's no one that's come to this game and been like, like a god. You know what I mean? Like the FPS, other FPS games you play does translate, I'd say. But there's no other game that translates to this game. Call of Duty kind of translates to Halo kind of, which translates kind of like you can go Rainbow uh, or not Rainbow Six, but uh, you can go to uh, Battlefield. You know, it all it all kind of translates to like you can feel be good, but like. You play any other game and you come to this one and it's like, I, wow. You know what I mean? It, it, you have to study it. You have to learn it. You have to like really put in time. And I get that. And that's where the gray line comes in, right? The gray line comes in with the casual player has to have fun. The veterans have to have fun, but they both have to have fun together. So how are we going to do it? The, you know, the scavs are, are great for learning. The scavs are amazing. The flea market was good, but I think they just don't want people to rely on just flipping stuff because that's what it ended up being right like you, you can make so much money just by i'm going to put this up for like 100 rubles more 200 rubles more but i'll buy 20 of them so i'll make at least a little bit you know and i think they wanted them to more just like go into raid don't just go for a ledx and then get out because now it's not finding raid you know m- my other issue this is another bag of worms but i'm on a rant so i'm gonna kill it right now is scavs Everything has to be find and raid, even if you don't kill someone as a scav. It has to be because for stuff to count as a run through, right? So for you not to get a run through, you have to do certain things as a PMC. But as a scav, what you're doing is scavenging. So you don't want to attack other scavs. You don't want to do other stuff. So I'm really hoping that they make the decision right away that anything you find as a scav, even if you don't fire a single shot and you just go to extract, it's find and raid. It has to be or that or that would just be they'd be dropping the ball and I'd be totally against the find and raid flea market then because that's unfair to so many people. So the reason I asked that question of both of you is because what do you think the percentage of Tarkov players is that during this wipe have gotten to the point where they unlocked all the traders? Ooh, ooh, okay. Uh, 20%? And so what you're saying is that you're catering most of the systems around the 20% that get there and the 80% that don't, don't ever get to the point where their traders are unlocked. And they never get to the point where they can take full advantage of that system. Mm -hmm. And that's what the flea market subsidizes in this game. But do you think they're pushing themselves or do you think they're just like, ah, whatever? I think that for you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Yeah. 
Yeah. You probably have four to six weeks. You have 160 to 200 hours maybe of really pure fun and enjoyment. Yeah. And, and I think that that's probably the same for a lot of people. And if you play for four hours a week, you don't get there during the whole wipe. I think that the perspective of this change is completely ignoring most of the player base. And it's going to screw up a lot of the people who never get there. And, you know, we can sit here and talk about it because we got there. Yeah. And I don't have a large sample size. I have the people that talk to me in Xville and the people that I've met and talked to about the game. Well, how, how much do you think? Do you think 20% is fair? They, they get to level 40 and max out yeah. all the traders? Yeah. I think 20% is high. You think 20% is high? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not to level 40 yet. And I have a lot of time in game. I of course this is the first wipe right so but but I'm a, I'm a good example right I was a new player about six weeks into the wipe and I didn't make it to level forty because I don't play as much as Mike does because he streams and does a lot more of it right so I probably have half or a third of the time in and so I never I haven't made it for me I look at this as if there's people out there who don't even have or haven't gotten to the place where I'm at like level thirty six right I mean they didn't even make it this far the entire process next wipe is going to be fun because it's new and different for a while. And then it's going to be like, wow, I, this, this isn't going to work. So let me first say that that's probably one of the best arguments I've had against this. Because it's true. I, I see where where that argument could be made for sure. Uh, the one thing I would like to try to argue with it is most of the time it's about ammo, right? Most of the time the guns and everything is about ammo. And I'm hoping that the new hideout system will replace that. Right. I am hoping that the hideout system is going to replace that. And I also you have to remember that this game isn't eventually going to have wipes. So they do need to lengthen this process so that it's not like a, a three month thing for most players. Right. So they're probably thinking about long term when EFT 1.0 comes out, there's going to be no more wipes. So we have to make this stretched out and then eventually they'll get to where all these people that are at the 10 percent say are right so i think they do want to lengthen it so it is hard it, it, it is supposed to be a challenge and it is supposed to take a long time it's just like the skills right unless you cheese them it's supposed to take a long friggin' time it's supposed to be like holy shit i got this i think the best argument is i'm hoping ammo is probably the the main thing that you want yeah attachments and stuff for guns but you know i always tell people as long as you have good ammo, you're going to do fine. So as long as you can level up your hideout and get good ammo from that, and then eventually this game will be no wipes, and hopefully the longevity of it just continues then. Yep. And one of the things I see with Tarkov is I've been down this road before with other games, especially with World of Warcraft. I mean, World of Warcraft started off as a very kind of... For its time, it was considered the casual game, but if you look at it the way that they started off, it was difficult. Very it's difficult. hardcore. Tarkov is kind of starting off in there taking the FPS genre down this different route. And so I kind of think that one of the things that is going to end up happening is if they make it too hard as a reaction to other games that are just too easy, that are not based upon the gun system or based upon anything else, but just jump in, use something you pick up during the game, and then you die and there's no repercussions from dying because every match is a new game, you know? The, the typical FPS model, if they go too far in that direction, 
This is a philosophical question that doesn't really have an answer, which is a great talker for a podcast, is I'm not sure if players now have the patience that they had, you know, 15 years ago for this type of situation where you make it such a hill to climb that you climb the hill just for the sake of climbing the hill. I want Tarkov to be successful because I see a lot of potential in what they're trying to do. But at the same time, I see a lot of opportunity for them to make some really poor decisions now based on some feedback from people who aren't looking very far down the road. They're seeing their situation and not really able to put themselves in any other person's position except their own. And that's kind of how I see this reaction to like the hatchet runners and the flea market and all this other stuff. And when I say that I hope I'm wrong, that's a sincere statement because I want (laughs) the game to be successful. I'm not complaining about it. I wouldn't care this much about it and I wouldn't have this opinion if I didn't care, you know? So it's kind of one of those things where I just hope that they don't react to the 10%. Initially, one of the things I liked about Tarkov is now turning into one of the things that I don't like about Tarkov is I loved how they listened to the community, but now I'm starting not to like how they listen to just the big people in the community. Then that that's about it, right? And so I'm kind of wondering, you know, if if the big streamers out there, if their opinions are not focused on, you know, they're not using their powers for good, right? How much is the game going to be influenced by the 1% of the 10%? Mm-hmm. That gets thrown around a lot, right? Like that is the main criticism that the big streamers control what is happening. And I don't believe that. I think they have uh, definitely a direct line like they talk to them and they can talk about stuff but I, I think they are thinking in the in somewhat the long like don't get me wrong I've, I've never talked to Kikita I I never have thrown something idea at him but like Veritas threw uh, an idea about dog tags there are hatchet runners make it worth their their dog tag worth something so if I kill if I kill you know a hundred hatcheters at least I get an eye case of it so at least like you know, okay, you might be a hatcher, but I'm going to I'm going to change my perspective from God dang it, another hatcher to like eh, one out of 100, two out of 100. I don't care because I'm getting something out of this and that and you're seeing the first iteration, which again is just a placeholder right now. And I think you are right. Like, I'm hoping they're listening to everyone. Again, a lot of people are very angry, angry people that want cheaters gone. And, you know, they want this fixed. They want this, like, don't be working on this, work on this. And it's not as easy as us, you know, snapping our fingers and it getting done. And I've seen a lot of Reddit posts about some really good changes that I really do hope they make. Because some of those people that post on Reddit actually have amazing ideas. And I think they do. I hope they do, because I'm pretty sure, you know, all the guys are on there looking at stuff. But you are 100% right. And and I am for the gray line, right? I am for the casual because this game would be nothing without it. My career would be nothing because, you know, who would want to watch this game then? So no one's watching this game. No one's coming. But there does have to be a fine line. And again, this is beta. Like, let's try this out. And this is the best time. Like, I'm telling everyone in here listening that if you do not like this, first, give it a try. Second, if you don't like it, don't go nuts and start calling people names and start just yelling about it and, and getting angry because then your 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 opinion is tossed aside. The best thing we can do as a community is have a civil discussion and just say, I don't like this. This isn't fun anymore. I'm really, you know, don't be, I'm quitting the game. F this, you know, and, and just blasting on Twitter when they showed a new gun. You know what I mean? 
we have to have a, dis- a, a civil discussion. And I'll tell you right now that I'll be the first person because I do have a lot of people that casually play. I'll be the first person to, to talk to everyone and ask them, how are they liking it? You know, obviously, my opinion is going to be different from everyone else's. And maybe, you know, someone else's opinion might be different from, you know, but we have to have a discussion if this is good or bad. And then we can go back on it. Okay, well, it was a bad idea. Maybe we'll talk about now the the gamma case being closed. You know what I mean? Like that was that was talked about. That was something that was getting pushed by a lot of, you know, one percenters and stuff, and it didn't happen. You know, they they tested it out. They want to talk uh try it out. I'm all about that. You know, if they want to try it out, try it out. I think pre-wipe event time was the stupidest time to try it out. There there was it was so dumb. It meant nothing. And I, what I've been saying since day one of the Gamma stuff is if if they try it out, the one caveat of it has to be if you need it for a quest item, if you need that quest or that for a quest, it has to be able to go because everything that is an item for a quest is the yellow check mark. It's not the white that says find and write. It's the yellow that has to be able to fit in your Gamma or in your Alpha or whatever. And that's the thing. I'm willing to try it out only because I have all the time in the world to try this stuff out, get excited about it. And just I like change. I really do. But you you made a great point. You made a great point that I'm interested in hearing about everyone's uh, reaction to it. Now. I think that one of the things that's really hard to do in this is to really look at play styles and play times of other people. And to argue things from that perspective. And so I, that's what I really appreciate about what you brought up, Eric, Ronald, I guess. Because it's really hard for me to take off my hardcore casual hat or whatever you want to call me, right? I play a couple games a lot and look at it from a different perspective. Now, we we talk to a lot of people that are newer. We talk to all types of playstyles, So I think we have a pretty good beat on it. And then we also have our own playstyle. I think the issue at least the way I see it is is just that, is it's so hard to say like, this is no longer fun or, you know, because it's easy for me to say like, well, maybe you just need to play a little longer. <laughs> it's like, there's a point where you don't want to do that. And I'm looking at myself playing Teamfight Tactics right now, okay? They release new seasons all the time. I don't read patch notes. I just get in and play the game. And every once in a while, there is a massive meta shift in that game. And I know it's because they released a patch and they nerfed something and buffed other things. But even if I went to go read the patch on what changed, I still don't know what it was that caused the massive meta shift because I'm not keeping up with it all the time. So the point that you brought up about the casual player or the person that will get the same amount of enjoyment out of the game, but they don't have the hours to put in to get that full enjoyment like someone who's playing all the time or more than the average person, they may not be reading patch notes. Like There may be a huge chunk of casual players that have no idea that this change is coming and they're going to log in in the wipe. They're going to get to level 10 and they're going to have all this stuff in their stash ready to sell. And they're going to go, huh? (laughs) What happened? And that's the question. Is that change too big? Is it too small? Does it make sense to that person for them to stick around? Right. And then it opens this whole like business can of worms where, you know, they said they have so many people playing this game than what they ever even needed for it to be sustainable or what they wanted. So can they afford to make some changes like this and and cut some populations out? My opinion is no, you would never want to do that. But there's some realities there that if we're going to make the game this track, 
do we have to shave off some of the edges? And that's where it gets weird. So this conversation to me, like I, I sat here and I was listening and I was like, man, now I really don't know how to feel because in the games that I'm casual in, there's times where I have just straight up quit. And I can tell you right now, I have not played a single game of Hearthstone since they released the last set. And the reason I didn't play that, because when I logged in, I got absolutely murdered. The first game that I played, and it was by all new cards that I had never seen before, and I just didn't keep up with it. And I was like, okay, well, I guess Hearthstone's dead for me now. And I loved that game. It was my mobile game of choice. And then they changed one thing in the meta. They released some new patch, and they just killed it. Because in every patch prior to that, I never had to be in the set right away. I could just kind of play my old deck, see what was going on. I could still be sort of competitive and know what was going on. But they did one thing a little too hard, which was, you know, I'm guessing was people saying, we need a fresh meta. I don't want the same old decks to work. So they moved that gray line a little bit more towards the hardcore and boom, they lost me as a casual player. You know, so I, 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 I'm looking at this from the other shoe and I'm like, man, I don't know. This could be really, really interesting. With Hearthstone, it, it is a, a total different ball game. That's like you have to buy packs, you know what I mean? And you don't gain, you know, it doesn't matter how many wins you get. You only gain 10 gold per three wins. And I know this because I used to play Hearthstone for a living too. I used to, you know what I mean? Like I played for two years. I love Hearthstone. Sure. And I agree. I don't play ranked anymore because, you know, I have all the old sets, but like I only play Arena and the Battle Royale mode, which I love. Not the Battle Royale, but yeah. Is it that? That's what it's, yeah, it's yeah, Battle yeah, Royale. the Battle Royale. I love that mode. But I know my place because, you know what? If you want to be competitive, you do, like if you want to be competitive in a game, you have to put a lot of time in it. Right. Like if I wanted to be competitive in Hearthstone, I would have to start buying all the packs, getting all the meta cards, building these meta decks. And I know that it would take money and it would take a sure lot of time. I was going to say a a swear there, but it's a bud load of time, uh, a a, a bud (laughs) load of time there. Right. And what I'm hoping for, like and and the one thing you did say, Ronald, is like, when does the game become not fun for you? I don't want to say that because it's not not fun for me. It's just how does my like play style change? Like, when does it change? Because I'm still having fun right now. And I don't think I've ever had this much fun with a game that I've played full time ever for this much time, because it's just like getting into PvP is a blast. I don't care. You know what I mean? And the best part about Tarkov is I can kill someone with PS ammo that was wearing something really good. You know what I mean? Like there there's always a chance for you to to kill someone with some mediocre stuff. And I think the best part about it also means just because this guy's running the best stuff doesn't mean they're the best player or they're a juggernaut. Yes, it gives them a slight advantage, it might give them a lo- you know, a good chunk of advantage, but it doesn't mean it's the end all be all. I really don't want the casual player base to go. You know, what I'm hoping for is wipe to come and I know a lot of people will come back. And it's going to be interesting because no drops are happening, right? There's no drops because a lot of people came and got all these drops. So it was a good, like, it was a good stepping stone for them, right? And then they could sell it on the flea market. They could sell all that stuff on the flea market, get at least a starting million in stash or something. And you're right. Like, are the casuals relying totally on the flea market? And is that how they're playing the game? Like, I don't have Yager level, blah, blah, blah. So I buy my PK06s only from the flea market then, right? Um, but again, I'm hoping that them selling out of stuff will make everyone change too. But I, I do like your point. I'm, you kind of made me nervous about it. I never thought of it 
quite like that. I've always been pro rah, rah, rah for sure, because I, I like change. It's not because I want more hardcore game. It's just, I like change when they change stuff up. I, 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 I get excited about it because I want to see what it's going to be like, but I'm excited and nervous. I, I still think you're going to make a lot of money though. I still think all that find and raid stuff is going to be worth so much money. And as long as you can have a couple of good raids here and there, you're going to make a butt ton. So Hearthstone's a perfect example. Both of you got really good at Hearthstone, played mm-hmm. it really hardcore. You were the 1% and neither of you played anymore. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I don't want to have happen with Tarkov. I do play. Yeah, but, but it's not your primary game. But it's my primary casual game. Like if I'm lying on the couch or something, I'm playing Battlegrounds or Arena mode. Like I, I, I do play it at least once a day still. Fair enough. It is more casually accessible like tarkov's not really casually accessible right you have to sit down and- yeah and, and it's kind of my point is that what ends up happening at least i've been playing video games like you guys for a really long time been a big nerd my whole life there's this cycle the top one percent go hardcore at something and they burn out and they're the loud group of people that gets a bunch of changes to something and then they're gone because they end up trying to get the game. The same thing happens for casuals too, right? They cater too much to the casuals and then everyone's like, oh, this game sucks now. Well, <laughs> Retail WoW. <laughs> right. But but re- Retail WoW is a perfect example of the hardcore people burning out, right, and leaving. But the game still has progressed and has millions of players. I've played it for 14 years. I've done hardcore and I've done casual. Retail WoW to me is probably like my closest comparison to what I'm experiencing at Tarkov. And I'm watching like a young Tarkov dive into kind of the first major mistake that WoW made. And and I don't want that to happen. And the first major mistake that WoW made was they started listening to the people at the end of Vanilla WoW when the people said the game was too easy, too easy, too easy. And they made some changes that catered to the super high end and cut off a bunch of people that were your four-hour-a-week players. Again, I don't want that for Tarkov. Mm -hmm. I want Tarkov to succeed, and I think that there is way, way more people than the three of us know that depend upon the flea market to enjoy it on a casual level. And and, and that's going to change. And I could be wrong, and I'll go back to my original statement. I hope I'm wrong. But from my kind of like analysis and thinking about this and talking with people and the, especially the amount of questions we get about how to make money with the flea market, I'm always broke. I can't get anything. I you know don't live enough to do it. And I, I, I get those questions. I probably get at least one a day. Do you think them having the flea market wouldn't make them? They, they don't have the flea market or they have the flea market now. You would still be broke. You know what I mean? And and that's the one thing I, I do want to say with just because you get the best of everything doesn't mean you're going to become this like really absolute good player. But it's not the best of everything, though. It's the stuff that you need to buy to make the trades that are profitable. Like think about the mag case trade, right? You know, that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that those kinds of things that you can do to make money along the way. You're buying stuff that people scav or find, right? Mm hmm. And then they sell that those things and you buy them to make the thing and then flip it on the flea market to make the trade. And I think that there's a lot of that going on that's going to get disrupted. I, I, I just think there's a lot of little things that yeah. by themselves individually aren't going to equal total disaster. But the sum of disrupting that entire ecosystem of the game, I'm just not exactly sure how that's going to work out. But you know if what I mean? you're... Well, if let you're me- <laughs> this is awesome. We all want to pitch in. I guess I want to add an alternate point in here because 
one of the consistencies, at least when I've dug in with people who say I'm having a hard time maintaining money or whatever it is, and and oftentimes it's someone with less hours that they can play, but they're relatively well-researched on the game. And the thing that I find is that the understanding of the economy usually isn't there. That's from me coming from an MMO background, from an AARPG, from someone who loves that system. And so what happens is, in my opinion, is that a lot of people, because of the access to the flea market and the availability right now, they dig in and they're like, oh, meta M4 or oh, this or oh, that. And it's like, okay, if that stuff's less available, if that stuff is more challenging to get, if stuff sells out and it forces people to use different things, that's going to happen at all levels, including newer players, which again, I think they are at the most risk. I absolutely agree with you on that. But maybe, maybe this change helps people move out of their comfort zone, move out of the meta, dig into the economy and really understand like, okay, well, I can't be spending 600,000 rubles every time I go into raid when I only have 1.2 million liquid. I need to find something that's more sustainable for me. And if this adds that progression, it could be a really good thing. But I'm not saying I disagree with your point. I just wanted to put that in there that maybe this change helps people get a grasp earlier on how to manage their rubles earlier in the game versus saying, oh man, I saw Landmark rocking this cannon and I'm going to go build that thing at level 12 because I have the money to do it from selling these Ledexes that I learned how to farm from this video. That's the number one thing I would tell people though. I always tell people never play like a streamer. You know what I mean? Like if you're playing like a streamer, you're, you're doing it so wrong. Because we just like we're trying to entertain. We're just trying to put on a show. We're trying to get into fights right away. Sometimes I'll I'll definitely be be patient. I'll try to like start getting into things. But like a lot of times I get viewers that are like, you know what? I'm just not good at this game and I like to watch it a lot. But I, I'd like you. I'd like to watch you lose your shit, not me. You know what I mean? And 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 that's all right. Uh, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. All three of us want this game to succeed. You know, there's something about Tarkov that is just special. There's just something about Tarkov that is so special. But if you don't think there is another company out there already in development with their own Tarkov now, you're mistaken. You know what I mean? And they're looking at every change they're making and everything and seeing, okay, what can we do? Like, you know what I mean? It's coming out. And I already know there's one or two in development for sure. You know, they might fumble around and and this might be growing pains for Tarkov itself. You know, like they've never had this many players like ever. Right. So all their fumbles have been like with not like 10,000 people. Right. Like so it's like a tight knit group. And now it's with like this mass hundred thousand people are playing this game. You know, one hundred and fifty thousand people are playing this game. Maybe two hundred. I don't know how many, but a buttload are playing this game. And once wipe comes. And like you said, not everyone's hardcore like us and has their ear to the ground. So they're just like, oh, wipe happened. Like two days after they could be like, oh, wipe happened. OK, I'll jump in and see what it's like. And 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 the other thing I want you to think about is or like people to think about is they worry about all the, like the the one percenter and, and, and where the 10 percenters are. Again, it's only like I'd say five percent of the people are like first month top tier. You know what I mean? Like your chances of running into them. Yes, it's chances are there is going to be a guy here and there for sure. But most of the time you're going to be fighting people around your level. Everyone's going to be stumbling still. I'm on the side of 
I think this is good because when you find something in raid now, it's going to be worth a buttload of rubles, which will give you maybe now because there's so much more stuff on level one traders, level two traders. It'll just give you a buttload more options to try to go and raid and do stuff. But I really did like your argument. I, I think in the end, we just all want best for this game because we, we see something special and magical, like you said, with WoW. You know what I mean? First time you saw WoW, you weren't you blown away. You were like, this is unreal. This is an EverQuest 2. This is way better. You know, and I think we all see that, but we can all see like, you know, we're, we might see some writing on the wall, like, ooh, don't be changing this. But again, a wipe only happens every, we didn't even talk about 12.7 and how, you know, customs got delayed and, and whatnot. Um, I'm hoping that this is a very fast wipe. I'm hoping a four month wipe, you know, like let's get dynamic loot out there. Let's get the um, skills rework coming. Let's get the compass going. Let's get the customs expansion and stuff like that let's get a short wipe going and just test this out in a short wipe of like three to four months you know and, and just try this out you know we haven't even talked about how labs it's not gonna, like everyone's not going to be going to labs so fast all the time now right it's not going to be prevalent and here's the thing you find a labs key card that thing's going to be worth like at least half a million rubles right away easy you know so yeah why'd you have to kill my buzz bro like <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. You know, I'll just, I just got to say quick about, about that is like, I want everyone to know that like, generally speaking, our podcast is very positive because we just don't like to have a show that complains about things. So that's not how we're trying to, none of us are trying to come off like that. And, and I, I am not trying to come off like that at all. So it's one of those things where this is going to be a really interesting time for all the reasons that we talked about. I think the game has a really Really good opportunity to test out some new things because Geeky make a great, great point. We're in beta. Why not try it? See what happens. And we have a chance to, you know, kind of see how the casual player base responds to these changes. And I imagine just like they did with the flea market change from 15 to 10 right away, because people are like, this isn't going to work, right? Mm -hmm. If it really is an apocalypse, <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll do something to react to it, right? And so I think you're right. There's probably... 80% of the casual player base may not even know there's a wipe coming, right? They're going to log in, everything will be gone, and they'll be like, oh, what's going on, fellas? You know what I mean? Because if you think about it, we're all content creation people for a game, and we're producing content, we play the game all the time, we're in the 0.01% of the player base, right, of knowing what's going on with the game. And we probably don't even know everything that's going on with the game. I, I think it's it's good discussion and... uh I think it's one of those good topics that if you're listening to this or watching this and you've got feedback or questions or things like that, it's a good thing to put in Discord. It's a great thing to hop into Geek's Twitch channel, talk to him about, because I'm sure that can spark good decision. And uh... <laughs> I'm, all, like, I'm always for that stuff, right? Like, I'm always yeah. for a good discussion. Like, you made a valid point and you weren't just like, this is the stupidest thing because, you know, you didn't just say because it's stupid. I get you can't always have a good discussion over, like, me being the main facilitator and you just typing at a keyboard. But I, I do like to think like I try to read every single line of whoever's in there. I, tr I try my best. Right. And I want a discussion with it because yeah, I know my view is skewed. I know if you told me that there was only going to be level one and two traders and then get rid of the rest. It's all like it's fine in raid and everything. I'd love that. Like, that would make me excited. You know what I mean? Like, get rid of level three, four traders, everything else you have to find in raid because that's just the way it is. Or you have to craft it. Everything above level two is all craftable. 
I like that aspect. You know, I want that aspect to it. I would like that. And I would like to try that game. But here's the thing. Is it going to turn off hundreds of my viewers and then in turn will turn me off? Not because I lost them, but because they're buddies and they're friends. And if my friends aren't having fun with the game I'm playing, I can't have that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm already yeah. having fun as it is right now. So it wouldn't make a big deal to me. Right. I, it's, it's just a couple of annoying things that I would like fix. But I know it's it's just the easy like it's the easy shield. All content creators for this game sit behind. It's beta. Let's try it out because they do make changes. It went from 15 to 10. Maybe it'll go from 10 to 5 now. Maybe finding raid flea market will happen, but people want a compass. You know, I don't want that, but a lot of other people do, you know? So I think they are listening to what everyone's saying in this game. You know, the hardcore people don't need certain things, but they want to bring it in because it will help new players. You know, we don't need the tutorial, and I don't want them to have a tutorial, by the way, because my video is crushing it on YouTube for for a beginner guide. (laughs) But that's neither here nor there. Um, But they have to add one, and they know they have to add one because the beginning part of my video is like, where's the tutorial? I freak out about where's the tutorial. There needs to be a tutorial. You know what I mean? They need to make this accessible for casuals. And I've always talked about that gray line for casuals and hardcores. We need to find that gray line and we need to carefully walk it together and figure out. And and you made the good analogy trigger. When we both lose is probably the best case scenario. And that and that's the way it goes, right? And, and you're right. We might not be losing on find and raid, to be honest. So that that is something to think about. Yeah, I think all of that is good and it's all well said from both of you because at the end of the day, I got this game after being told to get it like seven times over a year and a half period and fighting it and saying, no, I'm not going to like it. I've watched it. I don't like it, blah, blah, blah. Get in, you experience it. And if it if it hits something for you, like, like it did for me, like I fell in love with this game. It's great. I don't want it to fail. I don't want it to make people upset. I want people to enjoy it. I think the one thing that Tarkov has going for it is they have said from the onset, this is a hardcore FPS, MMO, whatever it is. And so I don't think anybody gets into this game expecting an easy time. But I do think everybody that gets into this game for the first time gets their expectations blown out of the water with how hard it is to pick up. So the gray line, I love it. You brought that in because it, it, it helps me kind of think about where that line is right now and which way it's moving with certain changes and just realizing how big this one potentially is. Again, we've got a couple thousand people that listen to this every week. You've got hundreds, if not thousands of people tuning in every single day when you're streaming. That's a relatively tiny population of people that play this game. It's just super, super interesting. But at the end of the day, I want it to be successful because I love the game. I'm not shy about saying that. And I also think that we're not going to shy away from a topic like this to Ronald's point that, you know what? I don't think we're being negative about it. I think we're trying to explore all of the different aspects, even the ones that don't match any of the three of our play styles. I'm trying to consider that as well. And again, we're not going to do it perfectly, but I think we've done a pretty good job here of taking this issue and breaking it down on multiple episodes now because it could be one of the most impactful changes, certainly for the time period that we've played the game, but it sounds like it could be one of the biggest ones for you as well, Geek, since you've started playing. Yeah, you know, what you said, I just lost my train of thought, but uh, what what you were saying about gray lines is, is just something that I hope as a content creator, everyone's thinking about, you know, and I think everyone has to think about 
eventually this game can't have white. So we have to eventually, how long would you play this game if there wasn't a wipe then, right? Like the carrot has to be on the stick for a little while. And they did talk about having two concurrent PMCs. You're running two, so one's constantly wiped, the other one's not. But I, I, I'd like to think that your buddy can tell you, get ready to get your ass handed to you, and like you've never played a game like this. It's a first-person shooter, I know, but you've, you're going to get like destroyed against bots and stuff. And you can come in with us like, okay, I'm going to get destroyed, but you don't understand how helpless you really are in this game, right? And the one thing I did want to talk to you guys about, and I know it's a whole different can of worms, but was like, I think them just labeling ammo, I know it's because of real life, but like it's so, I think the main part of this game is so confusing for for ammo because you know you're you're telling this player that bp s 762 is the best and then they're like okay this ak i have here i guess bp 545 is going to be the best right and then it's not it's like actually pretty bad you know compared to put like a lot of stuff so i think the game is just so hardcore and you either hate it or you love it and I just don't want this ruined for 99.9% of us, right? Yeah, that's a valid point. And I have no idea what's going to happen. That's I think we're all at the same place. Are we starting a bet, though? Are we going to all start a bet here? Like, what's going to happen? What can we <laughs> I don't on? have any rubles to bet after yeah, the wipe, true. dude. I already have a bet for my, uh, <laughs> my first thick item case. I already have a bet on the line. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. I have to... Well, uh, speaking of thick items okay. case, though, yeah. I think that again another positive a thing that i look to with excitement is some of the trades that i can never do right now this find and raid change is going to make those available all the time at least once i get them unlocked in theory yeah like the items that go into the thick item case trades people buy those out and they just sit on that trade but in theory the scarcity of that's going to reduce it so that if i take the time to go farm 10 lead x's 10 defibrillators and is it 10 ibuprofen or something mm-hmm. like that? Yep, yep. If I take the time to go farm that and get a thick items case, the trade's going to be up very likely. <laughs> the tra- and How sad is that? The trade will actually be up, <laughs> you know? It's adding in a end game component that doesn't currently exist. Farming is an MMO staple. Every MMO has farming. Not everybody likes it, but it sort of exists in this game and it sort of doesn't exist in this game because of that. If I right now, and I did this, I went and farmed 10 lead X's, 10 defibrillators and 10 ibuprofen and I sat on it for five days straight. I set alarms and I tried for five days on every therapist reset to get a thick items case. And I not once was able to Did time really it right to that? get the trade. Yes, 100% I tried this. And I got wow. to the point where I was absolutely so mad that I just sold everything and I paid the difference for the case. And I, I haven't talked a whole lot about it because I don't I didn't want to freak people out or yeah, make them upset. Yeah, yeah. But that has to change. It's something that, again, what little soapbox I have I was like, you can't put end game items in fixed spawn locations and then put high end trades. And then the system that's available for that high end item isn't even available to me when I spent hours farming that. That's getting fixed with this change. And that's exciting because it needs to be that way to really have a true end game, in my opinion. You know, there are rare items in MMOs that can only be found through farming or for groups of people going after them to get one person an item. 
It's just something that's critical to the MMO mindset. This game needs that, in my opinion. It's not the way that I normally play MMOs, but it needs it. And I wanted to experience it and earn a thick case and I couldn't even do it. And I got to the point where I was like, well, this is stupid. If I didn't get it in five days on six attempts a day, the odds of me getting it over the next week are basically zero. You're you're a hundred percent right, Trig. Ronald is a crazy person. This change is going to be amazing. Uh, I don't know what we're worried about. Uh, yeah, I think Ronald's just a conspiracy theorist. And next he'll tell us about uh, some things in the sky that, uh, you know, are causing a whole bunch of crazy stuff. I think, you're, uh, I think your signal's breaking up there, Geek. He accidentally stepped in uh, in the X-Fill and he's gone. Whoops. <laughs> how long will it take, do you think, for us to, like, really experiment for this? Like, a month? We'll be able to decide in, within the month, you think, or two? Here's the issue with that question, too. I think that I can go into factory within two hours and probably get to the flea market. And that's not everybody, right? I For love sure. factory. Yeah. Level 10 to get to level 10, you're saying, right? To get to level 10, it'll take like. Right. But it comes back to this whole who are they listening to? Who's going to take the time <laughs> to put the info out there? Because the, the player that doesn't even realize the wipe happened and logs in a week later because they had time. I'm going to be like, oh, the wipe's here. What the heck? Right? And then by that time, all of the hardcore people are already going to be well into this new system. So I hope for the sake of this change that they don't measure it or measure the responses to it for weeks. But that's not likely to be the case. Well, Ronald's laughing over here. How long do you think it would be for a casual person to get to level 10? Two months? Four or five, yeah, I'd say four to six weeks. Yeah. So by then we can we can try to see. And that's only if they can get through some tasks. So you figure a casual person is going to kill two to three scabs every raid. And so you do that. You get 1,000 XP, 1,500 XP. You're on a four to six, maybe eight week, two month grind. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I still maintain everything that I said because I've... <laughs> Your Honor, I still maintain. But I'll be honest with you. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and I just... I always get back to the same place, right? I always get back to the... Because did you guys ever try Rust? Yes. Okay. You know, Rust was Rust was probably the most hardcore game that I've ever played in its first very alpha stage, where literally you build a base and your base, everything is persistent. You may log out, but your guy's still sitting there. So if you don't protect what you have, and, it, and it, so it turned into this like crazy situation with my friends, we'd all take shifts logging in and it was just... <laughs> It was it was crazy, right? And so I think about like, okay, so there's that there's that edge of hardcore. We're not there, thankfully, because that would be ridiculous. And we're kind of in this this weird mid zone where all the people who want it changed in any particular direction are tugging on it because of basically it comes down to the amount of playtime they have. Unfortunately, if you have a limited amount of playtime, you also have a limited amount of time to give feedback and be loud on forums and things like that. Yeah. So the tug is always going to come from the high play time, high amount of interaction, high amount of vocal crowd. And I, I saw that happen this wipe with the hatchet runner thing. I've watched a lot of people be mad about that or have strong opinions and listening to their reasoning. You know, it was just interesting. A lot of this comes down to if you only play for four hours a week, okay? If you can even get to the point where you understand how this change will affect you, I'd be surprised. It's going to hit you like a ton of bricks sometime when you get around level 10 and you're not able to use the flea market like you can now. I think that's kind of what's going to happen. 
And that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about six weeks to eight weeks in and half the casual player base saying, oh, that's the way this is going to be. Yeah, I'm just done. We're acting like they're not going to have stuff from a raid. You know what I mean? We're acting like they're not going to be able to collect a bunch of items from a raid. Well, can I let me ask a question based on that? Why? Why do you I want and I want to ask both of you simple answers here. Why do you play this game? Geek, why do you play this game, Ronald? I hope to one day see Ronald in the battlefield so I can headshot him and then just keep doing it. You know, just. Uh, that's no, that's great, right? Okay. You're a PvP. -er. I get it. I get it. That's that's why you play the game. But why do you like the PvP in this so, game? No, Take down what one what level I deeper. do like in this game is I love the loot aspect. I love the PvP aspect. I love the customization aspect. It's not just like I like PvP and this is the most fun PvP. It's everything. Like I love looting. You know, when people ask me what I am, you know, Chad or or a rat, I, I say Beaver. Because sometimes I go in my dam and I just, you know, hide and I try to get my stuff. And sometimes I go after that wood. You know what I'm saying? So don't don't finish the point. I'm not going to let you finish the point. We'll come back. Eric, why do you play this game? I've answered that question. Asked and answered. Next question, Judge. <laughs> no, I'm saying it though. Like, like, like a high level, why do you play the game? So I, I know what you're getting at. I'm not going to fall into your trap, sir. No, but it, will, this isn't a trap. It's not a trap. I, I have trap, a point, then. but I want to hear. I want to hear why you play the game. So not how you play it, why you play it. I play it primarily because I have friends that play it. I'm not an FPS first gamer. However, I do enjoy FPS games. And Tarkov is the first FPS game that I've played in probably the last, like, I don't know, five or six years. I took a break from it. And I've talked about it on other podcasts on why. But in general, I like the community that we've built around playing Tarkov together, right? I bought the game because you bought the game in December. And three days later, you're like, you got to try this. Just buy it. If you hate it, I'll buy it for you. And that's how we tried, right? And so we, we started doing that. Now, what I've developed into is I think the complexity of the in-game economy is fascinating. And I think that because of that complexity, I have the opportunity as someone who is not going into a factory raid and able to kill 14 scavs and four PMCs and get out with a bunch of gear and loot. I think the complexity of the flea market system and the fact that it allows me to even have access to the same thing that you can do because you're good at playing FPS games, that I think is a great equalizer. And if that gets taken away, people like me are never going to have access to that stuff or a much limited access to it. You weren't supposed to finish. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I, I asked why is because I know that. I know that about you. And I, I felt like I knew what Geek's answer was to why. And I am, again, I'm one of those odd people that I am a PvP Chad but I also love the economy. I know I'm weird in that because it's usually you kind of lean one way or the other. And I think there's a rare or a beaverish movement that's happening uh, for the people that like both. But the reason I asked you why is because I knew your guys' answers would be different. And the, plain and simple, I think if I asked anybody why, it's something in the game, if I could boil it down, is you find something in this game very fun. Eric, you find the, it, the complexity of the market and what's happening to it fun and the discussion of it and how to manipulate it, etc. Geek, you want to shoot someone in the head over and over and over with it. We <laughs> <laughs> and just over. Ronald. Just Ronald. Oh, no, just all. Ronald. Okay. I'm feeling bullets um, from Canada all around me. <laughs> I play this game because it's fun. It's maddeningly fun. And I said it that way very intentionally. 
So with this one change, the reason I bring that up is, yes, there is concern, there is excitement, and I think that there's concern and excitement in both camps or all of the different camps of players. And so my question is this, in the new system, when you loot an item and you survive the raid, how exciting is that going to be under the new find and raid change when you get out? and you got something that you know is valuable. Well, I'll say this. How much harder is it going to be to get over gear fear in that new system? I See, that I, I hear you in that, and I want to remove it. Gear fear is going to exist. I agree. I'm, what I'm saying is that in the new system, whether you're rat, chad, beaver, you know, squirrel, whatever it is, Don't bring up squirrel. is it going to be fun to survive a raid? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. They, they're, they're, I'm inclusive of squirrels. <laughs> yeah. have you seen my inventory i'm an absolute squirrel dude i will pack that nut in as many bags and cases as i possibly can okay my point is that in the new system i don't think it's removing the fun of successfully getting out and finding something in a raid that could then be sellable that's the only point i was trying to make is that we play the game for fun we have different areas that we find that are fun, but loot is kind of the central area where the rats and the chads on the furthest ends of the spectrum always meet. Because the reason you want to PvP with a super chad, a thick buttery boy, is to get that wonderful loot off of them. And the reason that you are an economy person is to, again, have the same access to that stuff, but I also have fun manipulating the market. So I'm a little concerned that I don't get to do that as much. And, you know, Geek just wants me to gone out of the game, like he said earlier. I just wants to get I, rid I of do, us. But- I do have a question, though, quick, is, Ronald, with this flea market change, what is the biggest thing? Them not being able to buy stuff or them not being able to sell stuff? Not being able to sell stuff. So you're saying that... Well, actually, I take that out- back. Okay, so you were going to uh- get cornered there, and now you're, you're running away. No, uh, and I'll explain to you because in the beginning it's going to be about selling, but in the towards the end it's going to be more about buying. I I agree because like right now the prices on level three attachments and level four attachments are pretty much like right there, like pr- like maybe a hundred rubles more, right? Right. But I guarantee you, three to four months it'll be pretty much there again. I think I think all it's going to do is cause a massive influx at the beginning on stuff being super expensive. It's going to cause the high ticket items to stay even more expensive. But I don't see attachments like how many times do you find the same kind of attachments over and over again? And I can't see them really going for that much more at this time of next wipe. And I can see that if they want to sell something, they have to have something worth to sell. So they're not buying stuff off of the traders because they're level one or two anyways, and everyone has that, and they want to sell stuff. Well, that stuff's probably found in raid anyways. They're not flipping often, I don't think. Maybe they are. I don't know. Like Maybe they do have a, a flip thing they do, but I, I, I think it isn't going to affect as much as we think. I think that was a good point, and I had to say it really fast. It is a good point. It's a fair point. And it's the counter to my basic opinion, right? And so... That's why I said it. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll just snipe back at you and I'll say that I don't think that the money supply is going to be as prevalent as it is now. So all of the... Your basic reasoning makes the assumption that people have the same amount of money to spend. And I think that because the money supply is going to be contracted a lot 
that the flea market is going to be far less useful than it is, even under that scenario. But the flea market doesn't generate any currency. It's purely a transfer of it. True. But you can say that, okay, I'm going into this next wipe thinking that a particular item has a certain value. There's there's two things that happen. You have to pay the deposit on something to sell something for a lot of money, right? Which you may not be able to afford, which will keep the value of things down initially. You can't, for example, you can't sell a red card for 50 million rubles because you can't afford the 4 million deposit if you have 100,000 rubles, right? So what good is it to find a red card, right? So I mean- But that's the same in every wipe though. I, I guess what I'm saying is that the flea market right now only has values of rubles that were earned at some point through the game for players and then they traded hands a bunch. So the, the relative availability of rubles isn't changing in this with this change. Well, that's not true because you can generate rubles from traders. Yeah, but you can still do that now, right? You're, you're still going to be able to do that now. I'd hope that the traders might give you a little more for stuff now. You know, hopefully they're like, okay, this will be valued a little more. Yeah, that, that was my only point, though, is that there's no change to the amount of rubles that can be generated in theory by selling stuff to the traders or completing tasks. So all the money that's on the flea market right now was generated from tasks or from selling stuff to the traders. You could argue that the drops maybe brought in more money if you want to argue that. There's also like the the magazine case, right, where you could buy all the stuff on the flea market, turn it into a magazine case, and then go sell it to therapists. And that would generate rubles that probably won't be able to be done again. So there, I think there will be a decrease, but I, I, I think in general, I think it's not as massive of a reduction in available rubles. It's, it's more affecting the supply of items and availability of them. Yeah. If you don't think like, like Willers and, and all the top boys are not going to have a hundred million still, you know, come this time next wipe, you know, it, it, they still are. Um, yeah. I'm not really worried about them. No, no. But- <laughs> I know that, but I'm just saying everyone's going to be able to make a a ton of money still. And I know they can because they're full on chads, right? Like they're the chad. I guess that what what you brought up, Eric, just kind of reminded me, though, that if these changes are too dramatic, it could cause people to not insert their rubles, meaning they're not playing, they're not participating in the market because they can't or they don't want to. And that influx of casual players' rubles into the flea market could radically reduce the supply. So I, I, I don't know if that's where you were going, but now I'm realizing that you know if you remove a bunch of participants, it could really jack the market up. I think this is going to hurt the chads more than anybody else because I want that. <laughs> I do. Well, I do. I do want that because I want different meta. Right? We need to make it so that. Not everyone's running the VSS. Sorry to interrupt. Go on. Sorry, sorry. What I was going to say is like, I agree with you on the meta, but here's why. It's like, it's not going to hurt me. So I want to be clear about something. I'm going to dominate the market because it's my, (laughs) I like to play it and I've already figured out how I'm going to do it. And I'll talk about it six or eight weeks after I've started doing it. So I'm not worried about it. I'll have plenty of money. The the (laughs) thing, the thing that this is going to do is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's going to totally you broke me. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the person this is going to affect is the person that asks me once a day, I keep going into raids and, you know, I, I only have 30,000 rubles, bro. I, I'm always broke. I, I can't do it. I, I never make it out or, you know, whatever. Those people are totally screwed. The best thing they're going to get now is to scav and hopefully make it out. 
but they're not going to be able to help themselves but run into the middle of a PvP and die. They're going to be getting the Uncle Prapper AK. But I don't think that would change really. I want it on record that Ronald is concerned about (laughs) the casual Chad. (laughs) But the thing is, though, is that person, a a flea market (laughs) wouldn't help him either way. It doesn't matter what gun you put in that person's hand. All it comes down to is you telling them it sucks. You have to maybe watch a couple of videos while you're at work if you have time and you just got to learn the maps more because that's all it comes down to is you have to learn the maps so that you can be like, I'll do this little way like you did. Right. You, you're saying, Ronald, you're not the best player. You're not a Chad at all, but you've learned a little bit enough about it that you're like, I'm going to dominate this market for six weeks. Like I've already got a plan. Well, and don't let him fool you because he has learned to dominate Chad's in his way on the maps he's really good at. And even go into factory and be successful. So, like, he's he's learned to chat it up when needed. So don't let but him fool you in that time, regard. Right? Like, it's, it's, it's not because the flea market was available to you. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not because the flea market was available to you or because you got given a bunch of stuff from your buddies. It's because you j- legitimately learned the game and yes. you understand it more. I would say 50-50 because, I mean, I was given some things. But if I'm truthful, I was not given as much as Trigger was given. Not even close. <laughs> and so, so from my perspective, my journey in Tarkov has been the, a lot of the flea market. I've used the flea market to my advantage to be able to afford better gear to survive longer. And it's just kind of builds upon itself, right? One, well, you've been able to basically maintain a liquidity and gear level to mine with roughly a third to a half of the playtime. If anyone's really curious about it, we've we've looked at it a number of times. And while I am significantly higher in level, you may not know just how good he is at the economy because he's been able to maintain that on a significantly different playtime and play style, which is really cool. And the only reason I bring that up is that person, the, the broke Chad, my friend Brad, you, you know, you may not get to be a Brad. But I, too, share that concern because this game, I think, attracts all types of players and it's going to attract people that played COD and PUBG and these FPS. The economy is going to become more important. Surviving raids is going to become more important. The question is, will the frustration factor get in the way of that? And I think it may. It may. I, I need the broke Chad to play because I need somebody to shoot. <laughs> and and that's and it's funny for me because a couple months ago, I wouldn't have said that, but Trigger's right. I've totally changed my play style. I would just say it's evolved, right? We all need, the both of you need the broke chads to play because you do need somebody to shoot too. And that that's the thing about, we got to have the player base, all the players playing, you know, <laughs> yep. not just yep. not just the ones that can make a bunch of money or not just the ones that are so good at PVP that they don't have to worry about money. Like going to factory, any more gear? Okay, I'll go farm factory for the afternoon. Your DMs are going to explode <laughs> with how you're going to make money, dude. I can't get off it. I'm not telling anybody anything <laughs> for like six weeks because I think I've actually figured it out. So you're going to make me watch the video when you release it too, I, huh? I, I don't want to know because I'll be like, I'm doing it. Like, I don't want to know, but I, uh, I'm excited to hear about it. So if, if there's a way still to dominate the marketplace, then it's still possible, right? Like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and, and I'll say it's totally still possible. But here's the problem. I don't think there's very many 20,000 plus hour WoW players playing Tarkov. And that's oh, what I that am. That's something to do with WoW, eh? Has to do something with WoW there, buds, eh? So one last thing I do want to bring in, though, and this might change everything. 
perfect. I just want to, I, I just want, I heard a rumor that it's neither confirmed nor denied when we have started or when we record this podcast, if you buy something off the flea market, it's still considered found in raid. Hmm. That would change a lot. Maybe I should have said that like an hour and a half ago, but yeah, that would change everything, right? Like what happens if they made that change, right? Do you think that would be more fair then? Anyways, guys, thank you for joining XFIL podcast. I love you guys. <laughs> this is my podcast. I do it once a week. You should check it. No. <laughs> so, so you're selling that, saying that if I sell you something on the flea market that I found in the raid, it still is found in raid when you buy it. Yes. There's no way though. That's going to kill every task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they can't do that. There's no that. way. There's no yeah, way. No, you're a hundred percent right. Trigger that. quiet. That's how I'm going to get through all the tasks this way. <laughs> okay, that's right. Okay, that's. I need a thousand cans of shotgun. No Everybody, yeah, quiet. No, Exhibit. you're a hundred percent right. Okay, I didn't think about that. I just heard that today. Uh, Clean was talking about it. No way, Clean. Sorry, bud. But that, uh, yeah, that I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I, there's no way that that would just ruin the task progression in the game. It would. It would 100 percent. But what happens if that happened? What happens if that happened? It would ruin the task progression. But what, the happens, game, what happens? But what happens if it goes from find and raid white check mark instead of yellow? So you can't use it on your tasks because they could make that. They could do that. Yeah, they could do that. Right. But isn't that basically what it is today? All that does is increase the supply, which is probably the biggest risk is the supply of items on the flea market which is really has the biggest potential to hurt casual players in my opinion i share that opinion with you eric i think that's your opinion is that it really hurts the people that need that stuff to progress that need that stuff to you know level the playing field from playtime the thing is when i'm exfil camping you i don't want to hear any complaints <laughs> when i hit you with a mosin with a scope on it wearing a scav vest if anybody comes and complains, I'm going to remind them that they wanted this change. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for the Expo podcast again. Uh, next week, we're going to World of Warcraft. It's going to be called Welcome to the Auction House, bitches. And you're ready for it. So thank you for the last episode. I, I do think that this is... It's actually like... I mean, again, I, I really sincerely hope that if you were listening, you made it all the way to the end because there's really not negative connectivity here. And we've said it a few times throughout the couple of episodes because it's really fun to discuss this. Like, honestly, we've spent an hour on this one topic. It's not going to stop. We encourage the conversation. I'm just going to say one thing is when you're thinking about this, think about you, think about how it affects your gameplay. Is it forcing you to get better at the game and to learn to do new things, which can be fun and exciting, or is it really not fun? And that's what it comes down to, is if it kills the fun in the game for you, that's not good. That's something that Battlestate needs to hear about. Not necessarily us, like we want to talk about it and discuss it, but we can't change it. We can only talk about it and hopefully get it to the ears of people that can change it. And we're happy to try to do that. But right now, that's just not a reality. So I just wanted to take a second to say, seriously, this is fun to talk about. And we can we can go down this rabbit hole forever. But it's really with the intention of opening it up so other people can join in on the conversation too. So with that, what I'm going to do is say, Geek, thank you, man. I, I love having you on. It's 
Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's it's fun to laugh and dig into this stuff. I'll let Ronald kind of take us out here and also make sure to give you a chance to promote where people can find you and talk no to you. No one's going to want to talk to me after this, you guys. <laughs> you guys are monsters. I'm going to edit it to make you look like a monster, sir. Uh, yeah, you know, I wish I could echo Trigger's comments. You know, it's been great to have you on the show. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> blah 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 you know it's time to go <laughs> uh, but seriously aside from you shooting at me from canada I, it has been great to have you on the show and appreciate uh we always appreciate you coming on and i'm happy that you're here for a second time i'm looking forward to the third time because oh, it's just sure. going to be much more fun as it was this time we have to do one two months in you have to promise oh. me I'll get back in two months in so we can re- revisit this topic, please. That's uh, uh. I absolutely think we do. Okay. And you can all make fun of me because I'm wrong about this. And the Chads will be ruling everything. The rats will be crying. <laughs> and I'll be broke because my strategy didn't work. So there you go. Everyone can DM me and tell me how terrible I am and how I'm not good at the game. <clears throat> the end. Uh, but all right. Mr. Geeksa, sir, tell these fine people how they can find you. So uh, you can find me on twitch.tv. I do stream five days a week. Uh, most of the time I stream in the mornings, uh, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is my start time, Monday to Friday. I do stream at odd hours. So just come by, follow me. My name is Geeksay, G-E-E-K-S-E-H, G-E-E. Yeah, okay. Just make sure there's not enough. So it's like Geeksay because I'm Canadian. Get the joke. Anyways, you can also find me on Twitter. It's Geeksay with an extra H. I've got a bunch of guides on youtube i'm just about to put one out tomorrow actually on all the priority keys before wipe hits so i i tell you all the best all around keys and that's the type of style i have it's it's mostly guides to help players because to be honest i quit the game when i first played it it was so hard so i wanted to make um i wanted to make a youtube kind of thing about how to keep in the game because i want everyone to play this amazing game so that's you know i love the casuals it doesn't matter what ronald says to you guys i love the casuals buds <laughs> and uh yeah so you can find me geeks a everywhere man just come by say hello i i really do appreciate you guys having me again even though i do get out of hand sometimes <laughs> and uh i'm actually really excited uh this is an, actually a surprise at the end of the stream no one knows about this yet but um Trigger and I have decided we are kicking Ronald out and I'm going to be the new host. I'm so excited. So no more negativity, all positivity from me on out. (laughs) But boys, thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, if you actually made it this far, the green bar at the top of the screen, which is now broken because it's been trying to flash for over an hour. (laughs) means that we were seconds away from disappearing, but now we actually have to go. So (laughs) I want to say thanks for everybody for watching and listening. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the other hundred places podcasts are out there on the internet. Remember to check out youtube.com slash XP Media now for the talk show version of this, where you can actually see this train wreck roll down the hill in person. Watch us laugh. Watch us have a lot of good time. It's always fun to see our faces while we do this. So that's pretty much it to everybody. Thank you again for sticking with us till the end. Have a great week. Enjoy the wipe. Remember, if you wipe with one ruble, that's a wasted ruble. Spend everything you have. <laughs> lose all of your guns so geek can shoot you in the head and feel superior on stream. And make sure you 
Get into Factory as much as you can, because if Trigger doesn't chat it up, he's not going to play anymore. And then what are we going to talk about on the show? <laughs> so I just want to say thanks again, everybody. Have a great week. See you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, guys.